Welcome to Oranges and Lemons. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. It's Bird here. Here on behalf of Bird and Greg to orient you to this episode of Oranges and Lemons. The book under discussion is Meditations, Marcus Aurelius. I introduced the book, I think, uh, pretty well. Uh, It's covered in the episode, so I don't want to be long-winded here regarding the text itself. You've got... uh, about 245 of that um, impending. But I did want to say that I did want to apologize on behalf of both of us for it having been so long since we've released any content. We're back at work. I know you were all clamoring for uh, more of each of us. So here we are. Uh, Those of you that are, that were clamoring, I, I speak in a facetious way, but um, if you are enjoying this, please uh, give us some feedback at oranges and lemons podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from anyone who happens to be tuning in. If you've got, um, you know, advice, if you need someone to talk to because your dog just passed away, uh, if you think we're totally wrong about something, if you're in agreement, if you have a different take on some of this great writing, we'd love to hear about it, whatever you got. So, Again, please, that's uh, orangesandlemonspodcast at gmail.com. At the beginning of this episode, we uh, kind of talk about how we haven't named it yet. Obviously, it it has since been named. This was recorded in May 2020, so still kind of um, working out the details of uh, the project. So I don't know whether that matters or not, but there you are. (laughs) I think I've been talking for far too long on this already, so uh, I'll just say we'd love to hear your feedback, be on the lookout for more, and uh, here is Greg and I's discussion of meditations as penned by the great Marcus Aurelius. Welcome, one and all, but probably just one, uh, (laughs) to... Whatever the fuck we're gonna name this podcast, um, we'll we'll edit this out in post. <laughs> um, Bird and Greg here with you today. We've decided to take a look at the meditations of Marcus Aurelius. Uh, I I was really quite taken with this work. It's uh, held up as a as a great work of philosophy and and i'm not sure i'm not a philosopher i don't know if i could quite uh make that designation but it seems to be more it's definitely philosophical but i don't think it could be it's not a philosophy tract he's not quite setting out to make a cohesive argument but so basically he uh for those who don't know marcus aurelius was an emperor of rome lived from AD 121 to 180, uh, ruled for the back 19 years of that from 161 to 180 after his uh, uncle 
Antoninus Pius passed, he was he an argument could be made perhaps on the basis largely of this work for him as the greatest of the Roman emperors. Uh, he certainly was one of the greatest. He was the last of what are called the five good emperors of Rome, presided over part of what was known as the Pax Romana, period of great peace and prosperity in the empire, um, was known as an effective legislator, uh, very wise. He was not that kind to the Christians. Uh, it was <laughs> thought that the persecution of them increased under his reign, kind of like, uh, I sort of likened him to Jefferson in that way, a great thinker who had the one big black mark of slavery on his record. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess I guess that's Aurelius and, and the context. It, 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 he is believed to, it's not exact, is believed to have written this in the last 10 years of his life while he was on a military campaign. Um, making war, which is definitely an interesting context to be mm-hmm. writing something as uh, introspective and deep as this work is. It's definitely a, I, I mean, the easiest way to classify it is as a, as a diary. It's sort of the later, uh, he, he never titled it Meditations as a later accretion, but it was originally titled by whomever as things to myself i think was the title it is much of it is written in the second person addressed directly to himself uh it's it was seems to be apparent that he never intended to publish it it was just for his own betterment his own satisfaction and gratification and it he he organized it into 12 books and they seem to be it doesn't seem to be that organized. I mean, some of the books maybe have sort of a, a, a an overarching theme to them. You can tell he was pondering, paying attention to different things as, as he went along. But they're all kind um, of organized into sort of disparate, different notations. Kind of each, I mean, the, the longest item he has is maybe a page. Right. Um, th- like, there are a lot of items like that proverbs, are... Proverbs, you know, or just like... Notes that he jotted to himself in a quick moment, you know. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. The, but it, it's yeah. The only the only other thing I was just gonna say is the introduction of my version, uh, the translator, which I have the uh, the edition uh, translated by Gregory Hayes, which I think is one of the newest editions. And he he, he just says in, in the introduction that uh, generally speaking most attempts to characterize the books thematically have been contrived. Um, oh, okay. So it, it really, it, it, broadly speaking, it really is pretty challenging to organize yeah, it. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it is, it is. I mean, that's what's so, one of the things that's so beautiful about it is how intimate it is, how you can tell it's really, it's really what's going on in his mind. This is an honest record of what he's really thinking. You know, you have some works of philosophy that it's still up for debate whether this is satire, is this, you know, is is this an earnest 
effort. You know, what is what is the philosopher doing here? Is he trying to hoodwink me somehow? Uh, is it bookended with some sort of religious context to guard the writer from persecution? Because you know, anyone who is writing uh, certainly, uh, um, well, he. I, I'm getting confused here. <laughs> I, I was thinking then of David Hume, his dialogues concerning natural religion. Um, when he was writing, certainly he he had a vested interest in avoiding the discerning eye of a clergyman who, who was going to read his work. So he kind of couches it as an apology for Christianity. Mm. But anyway, so uh, Gregory... Uh, Hayes, uh, tell me, <laughs> tell me a little bit about your experience of this work. What did you like? What did you masturbate to? <laughs> Real quick, uh, do we want to give a a brief overview of Stoicism, uh, or do you think we'll get into that as we? I think we will. I, I mean, I, I mean, don't sure know will, that. Yeah. I don't know that I could. If you think you can, and that it would be effective and useful, by all means. Yeah, I, I mean, really, it, maybe it's just like a few passages in the introduction of my edition, which was like 60 pages, so it was pretty... Uh, um, yeah, go for it. Pretty in-depth. So maybe, maybe I'll just read a few of these that, are, uh, that seem helpful. So first off, just concerning philosophy in the ancient world, and especially for, you know, a member of the aristocracy, and, you know, in line for the, the throne, no less, Marcus would have been educated um extensively in in the prevailing philosophies of the time so stoicism included but uh socrates and all of the major schools of thought so the in 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 the introduction of mine the uh translator just says regarding philosophy in the ancient world it was not merely a subject to write about uh, to write or argue about but one that was expected to provide a quote-unquote design for living, a set of rules to live one's life by. This was a need not met by ancient religions, which privileged ritual over doctrine and provided little in the way of moral and ethical guidelines. Nor did anyone expect it to. That was what philosophy was for. Okay. So, I mean, I think we probably tend to look back on ancient religion in a more kind of like doctrinal focused sense that we look on the uh, Christianity and the other um, Abrahamic religions. But yeah. Uh, so, and with regards to stoicism itself, here's a couple of passages just for a brief, brief overview of the doctrines central to stoic world, to the stoic worldview. Perhaps the most important was the unwavering conviction that the world is organized in a rational and coherent way. More specifically, it is controlled and directed by an all-pervading force that the Stoics designated by the term Logos. And actually, one thing I was really curious about is, does in, in your edition, what's the word that's used when he talks about uh, providence or nature, or mine used interchangeably, <laughs> God, providence, nature, Logos? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why I'm laughing, because I don't think... Uh, Logos is never used in my, my okay. mind's the Kasauban. I don't know if, um, I, but I, I, I think I remember reading that, that that was the first English translation gotcha. of the work. I, I think like, I want to say it was either 15th or 17th century. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I, love, I love how in, when we think about the past, it's always like this, 
Like, ah, it's just this big block of time. Like, ah, it was <laughs> 200 years apart. No big deal. Right. Um, it, it was actually funny. I was um, talking with my sister once about the historicity, historicity and the authorship of uh, the Bible. I was talking about, well, certainly these things weren't being recorded and written down and recalled at the time that they were happening. And she's like... Well, you know, I think it was one of the Gospels, was written only 30 years after Christ had been crucified. I'm like, can you remember what you had for breakfast last week? <laughs> sure. Oh, and I, th- I think that just tends to be the case with, um, well, you know, the problems with ancient texts are having manuscripts that were written at any time close to when the original itself was written i think like yeah. I, I heard once that the closest the the or the, the the manuscript used for the writings of plato uh primarily or something or the, or the most the closest one to when plato lived is something like 1200 years yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> obviously yeah and, and so obviously those are based on earlier manuscripts but you know that uh the how recent the manuscripts that we have are to when it was written and h- how how reliable those manuscripts are to other manuscripts and and stuff like that it i I feel like and the the translator of mine does discuss that a little bit in this edition and he he marked in a few places where it's really impossible to to determine what the original text said i don't know the degree of confidence broadly speaking with respect to other ancient documents of this book but the the introduction of mine doesn't seem to suggest that there's a significant amount of doubt about how accurate it is well, that's the, I don't know, one of the things I think is, well, it's inescapable, obviously, but I think it's cool about history is that that these things, I mean, it's sort of a um, an annoying refrain that you sometimes hear from folks that are like, oh, history's written by the victors, and or they'll even take it to, oh, it's a bunch of old white guys, or you know, <laughs> shit like that. But that, I think... If taken in the right way and with the right method and as much precision and thoroughness as you can, that that's something that's cool about it is that there are things that are still up for debate. There are millions of things that and events that can be thought of and interpreted in new ways. And that's There's still a frontier almost. Yes. Good phrasing. Um Okay, do you want to... I think that's a good... uh, Yeah, yeah, sorry. Did you have one more on Stoicism? I think it would be useful, yeah. Yeah. Um, Just more about the Logos. Uh, Quote, Logos operates both in individuals and in the universe as a whole. In individuals, it is the faculty of reason on a cosmic level. It is the rational principle that governs the organization of the universe. Uh, We'll get into specific examples, but he talks about... He talks a lot about in the meditations of accepting what nature or providence has determined you know almost benevolent benevolently is what should happen for the benefit of all of existence um this is just one thing that i i thought was interesting regarding uh, free will he writes stoicism is thus from the outset a deterministic system that appears to leave no room for human free will or moral responsibility In reality, the Stoics were reluctant to accept such an arrangement and attempted to get around the difficulty by defining free will as a voluntary accommodation to what is in in any case inevitable. According to this theory, man is like a dog tied to a moving wagon. 
If the dog refuses to run along, uh, along with the wagon, he will be dragged by it. Yet the choice remains his to run or be dragged. <laughs> I don't I mean, know if that's, you want to get that, too much into that, that, but I just thought that was interesting. I, I can't decide. I mean, I think that's... I kind of like that. It seems pretty elegant. Yeah. But maybe I'm just stupid. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, just the... Uh, in terms of... I mean, I, I agree... I don't know about determinism that that I'm with. I think I think the quantum and randomness maybe gets you. And I'm you know I'm not enough of a philosopher to properly parse this, but I think that gets you away from a pure determinism that that everything is just just a linear, just it's just following it's a preordained course that it cannot cannot deviate. Yeah, but he even he. Uh, I'm gonna. I don't know. Aurelius, for some reason, something's weird. So I'm just gonna say Marcus. Um, he Marky Mark. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck a bunch of philosophers. Uh, he <laughs> he even at one point makes it that direct assertion. He says something like, "I wrote down like, yeah, this is determinism. He has everything is." As a result of a prior condition, which is uh, right. which is a result of a prior condition that yeah, so so everything is or laid at out the very for least, you. At the very least, he seems to leave room for it. Like uh, you know, there, there's sometimes there's occasions where he will say I don't know something along the lines of what you know you need to accept such and such, which was either predetermined eons ago with the or by the. Uh, decision of the logos or you have some decision now but you'll be dead soon anyways you know (laughs) it is i I was a little a little frustrated by by the and maybe this is the failing of of the translator but by those the interchangeable nature of those terms not the um i mean nature is is the one that he uses the most and and that seems to be i I don't know if it's the same in yours but Uh, uh, probably yeah he also uses providence god and logos um okay i had providence a couple times was the most frequent yeah yeah so uh, if if you would i want to get back and maybe if you would say something uh, a little personal about yeah um yeah because you you, kind of wanted to start there sure um so, so you mean getting more to my experience or sure yeah yeah um I think on on the whole, I I I enjoyed it, and I liked the. I, I think I went into it expecting more of like a philosophical discourse, but I liked the practical nature of it, and seeing I, I I don't know I just. I I feel like it's easy that easy to identify with the writing and just how. We tend to repeat you know maxims to ourselves that we believe over and over again that we have a hard time applying or remembering and it feels like he's doing that you know it's not it's not him presenting or trying to make commentary on on stoicism it's him being frustrated by the fact that he's not applying what he believes to be useful about it and yeah it takes much the character of an admonishment he's chastising himself for do this yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I told you before we started recording that I, I think at times it did feel a little tedious to me. Like I, I was just, I, I mean, I think at a certain point, whoops, 
I think at a certain point I uh, wait, wait, wait. Are you saying you... that reading things that are philosophical can be tedious? I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't buy it. Yeah, I know. I mean, I read. Uh, I was going to make a joke about Kant, but I've never even read Kant. I just know he's tedious. Uh, I don't r- appreciate you using that word. But, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> yeah, Kant, Kant is a is a is a bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I, I've only read some of him, but... Um, I think I might have read some in Cole, De- I mean, he, I he's really kind of the... If you're going to attempt to read philosophy at all, you have to read Kant. I mean, it's just... He's one of the... He's on Mount Rushmore, probably. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, not the real... Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think what I, what I found tedious about it was just that at a certain point, like, I, I understood his... I I understood the points, you know, that he was that he was trying to make, and I was even I, I told you I was getting deja vu here and there, feeling like I could have sworn I already read this. And I think because there are many passages that are very similar to many others, um, you know, it, even even very close in wording. So at a certain point, I just put the book down and went and watched Gladiator. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been holding on to that one? <laughs> Uh, I thought of it a little while before we started recording. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fantastic! Oh, I, I did. Um, hopefully, we come back to it. You, when you said Gladiator, reminded me of um, at the very end, near the end, he has that analogy uh, between. I'll I'll try and come back to it, but he he puts forth the wrestler and the gladiator as, as two different types of uh, yeah, operators. Fencer, or, I think. Or yeah, yeah, um, practitioners yeah. of an ethic, and that you want to be more like the wrestler. But but anyway, uh, please continue. Well, yeah, yeah you, is that kind of yeah? I I guess to respond to the um, tedium thing, I kind of I agree that it it does that he repeats himself certainly. But that, I mean that makes sense. It's a diary, right? Right. So, it's 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 hardly a criticism of the writing because you know he didn't write it with the intention of it being read yeah yeah by anyone but himself <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> how dare you <laughs> yeah at least yeah, that's and, how it and seems and even even that um the fact of his his repetition could be taken as a kind of testament to the difficulty of adhering to the method that he's laying out and well and just of anything of 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 living true, of living to your principles, the, uh, of how you know you should or how you know would be right or, or beneficial to you. Yeah. That I mean, that's part of the um, that's the great flaw of the human condition is well, one of them <laughs> is our persistence in acting not only against our known interest but what we know is against our own interest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I, I don't want to make it seem like I didn't like it. I, I just think, uh, there, there was a certain point where it's like, okay, I get, I get his point and now I want to talk about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. No, sure. I sure. I discussed it. But anyways, what was yours, your experience like? Oh, um, yeah, I was really, I mean, there were, there were times when uh, on the whole I was, I found myself not nodding along and and agreeing and even i mean I, I don't know if you've ever had this but sometimes when i read something that i find to be so uh wise or prescient or just poetic 
it, that it's so beautiful that I just start laughing. <laughs> like I, I had that uh, a couple times in here, and there were there were a couple times I was like, no, I, I disagree. You know, I, I think you're wrong here. But yeah, I I really enjoyed the experience of reading it. I I felt like, and kind of to to the earlier point about how he repeats himself, or uh, that this is him addressing his own um uh, response to stoicism but addressing his own failings in some ways to adhere to it i i felt that i identified that with that very much as you're agreeing you're like fuck i i need to be better about that i I don't live like that um so yeah yeah, it was it's 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 humbling in that way too yeah and 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 a little revealing just to clarify you you thought the writing was poetic Oh, um, um, I wonder. I'm uh, not, if, uh, not. No, no. I, I, I didn't. I meant that uh, generally. Like uh, when I'm reading something, uh, one of those things will just make me laugh because I enjoy it so much. It's so yeah, satisfying. Gotcha. But no, I, I, I didn't think he. I mean, maybe a couple times, but there's not a lot of poetry there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess one of the. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear you, us both, read you know, the same, the same passage in our two different translations. Uh, cause I, I don't know if it is just the nature of the writing or if it was specifically my translation felt pretty brutalistic, I guess, you know, it was very, very to the point and, um, okay. Not, not flowery. So, um, I, and I'm curious yep. to see if that's more a uh, nature, uh, just the nature of the, of the modern translation of it being very literal or, um, if that is in line with, the actual feel of the writing itself. Mine is an older version of English too, so I think right. that that is a little more. Just the language is a little more poetic. So right. to that degree, I, I think uh, I think it will be. Yeah. So do you? Yeah. Do you want to kind of get into the meat here and, and talk about some of the things we wanted to hit? Um, yeah. Why don't Why don't you start it off? Uh, sure. Okay. I let's see let's uh, let's let's take something. Okay, I I'll talk about something that um I think is dead on and uh is definitely a through line of the entire work and of stoicism that I think applies for everyone um for all time is the nature of personal responsibility. Yeah. I think I agree with his assertion that you know, h- however he exactly defines happiness, it, it for him it might be unattainable. I, I'm not quite sure, but that to to whatever degree we can achieve it, we are responsible for it. Um, yeah, and I I think it's something that we've lost a lot of. That part of that overlay is that whenever, even when when you see someone do something wrong you know somebody sin that's a common scenario in in this writing that you should look inward and say okay maybe maybe i'm incorrect uh you should try as far as you can to recognize that transgression or the impulse that led to it in yourself and if he if somebody is attempting to harm you or is sinning against you that and I actually, I, I feel my getting out over my skis a little bit here because I, I kind of disagree with the 
kind of the lack of judgment almost. I think there, there, there's a couple of ways it can map onto modernity in interesting ways. But yeah, as far as that, that point of that it's within you that no one else is going to take care of it for you, your life, your happiness, your satisfaction. I was in complete agreement. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting take on personal responsibility too, because it's entirely focused on the mind, you know? I mean, a, right action is obviously a critical part of that, that he discusses, but it's much more focused on your, your perception of things and your reactions to, uh, uh, to other things. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not, I, I mean, he does stress a lot the value of social responsibility, which is probably a fusion of uh, the stoic imperative of being part of the collective and, you know, just the nature of Roman aristocracy and valuing civic life. But, most of his, um, we're both saying I'm uh, um a lot today. <laughs> yeah, <are we? laughs> I know I, I am. I notice that when I go back and edit these, it's I like, am. Yeah, a little, <laughs> yeah. A little, too many. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll try to cut it down. Sorry, please continue. <laughs> uh, civic life, Roman aristocracy, uh, personal responsibility. Yeah, so, so, I mean, he, he doesn't neglect you know, right, right action, but it's, I think he puts more focus on responsibility, responsibility in, in simply within one's own mind. Yeah. I, I, part of what I like so much about it is, and I don't know, maybe I'm, um, maybe I'm switching topics. I honestly can't tell, but, but when he, he talks about, uh, designating something good or bad, the nature of suffering, uh, the, the experience in the mind, how that is up to oneself how that is up to you to to be at peace with it uh you it, it seems like and i i guess maybe an argument against um that i mean that's a component of mindfulness too right and i feel like there there's much to be talked about in terms of the similarities there between like the sam harris mindfulness system and stoicism it it seems to me that stoicism is more about how the mind is responding to the environment and to the external and mindfulness is more and recognizing all those things as kind of frivolous and and being able to be at, at peace with whatever is occurring, you know, be it pleasure or pain, say. And then the mindfulness is more about consciousness itself, is recognizing thoughts as, as things that are just arising and that, oh, I'll, I'll rephrase, that you need not be identified with what's arising in the mind. I think that's, that, that's kind of part of what Stoicism is, what Marcus is echoing mindfulness is you need not be identified with thoughts hmm. right um but what i was what I, I sort of lost my original thing what i was saying was that somebody who's going to argue against that would say that can be used by an exploiter or somebody in a position of power to say 
you know, be mindful. Like you're not suffering. Get back to work. Like fuck right. you. And I, who knows? I mean, that might be surely somewhere that's happening. <laughs> I mean, power folks that enjoy power are going to use any tool to exercise it. But I think that it also, in in the modern context, it the reason I like it is because. And maybe this is a failing of mine, but I do get frustrated with how many people I talk to. It seems that everyone I know, everyone I talk to has some kind of mental illness or some kind of pathology or I'm anxious or I have a social thing. And I know it's odd because pathology doesn't seem to be something that marcus is dealing with here and they i don't know if they've they've got the the ideation or the language for it but and and i it's like okay that that's not that person's choice but there's there's a reason that the it's just it's just every i feel like it's just everybody i don't know if you have the same experience but i and I maybe this is I'm just being an asshole because I don't. Um, I mean, I've been depressed before, so I, I guess I, I can identify with that. I know that it certainly didn't feel like I was choosing it. And while that's true, there were things I could have done to alleviate it or get out of it. And I don't think medication was one of them, at least for me. But I think that we would all do well to take some of these stoic principles and to not be identified with that anxiety and to not let it rule us. I think that would help us a lot. Um, where do you land on that? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a significant level of empowerment in uh, the idea that suffering experienced and you know including including suffering imposed by others or i mean any any external force is only as damaging to you internally as you allow it to be to some extent you know maybe maybe it's not an absolute right uh, i mean i think well maybe i'd say obviously it's not an absolute that uh and we could maybe even connect some of this to our discussion on 1984 in terms of what what power does an external actor have over the mind? I was going to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to bring up O'Brien in this for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what, why don't we table that for a second? We can get back to it. But um, I think at least, at least for my, for myself. Um, yeah. L- looking at especially emotional, uh, emotional issues. Cause I've had probably maybe more than my fair share of, um, struggle with depression over my life. Um, but what has, I think, enabled me to get out of it has very much been like an adoption of responsibility for my own mental health of me just saying like, look, I mean, I can, I can sit, sit huddled in my room and continue, continue hating myself and feeling and feeling depressed, or I can get myself up and realize that, you know, to some extent I have to, I, I, I have to retrain how I think about my life in the world. And regardless of the external 
to, to some extent, regardless of what's happening externally, if I have all the specific things I want in my life, how I react to those things is more important to my well-being than those external circumstances themselves. Uh, maybe I'll, real quick, maybe I'll just read a couple quick um, passages, like some of the more, well, one of these, uh, this first one, maybe the most, it, it might be the one quote from this book that I remember hearing elsewhere. Uh, it's, I don't uh, book four, I don't know, statement seven, <laughs> four dash seven, uh, however you want to call it. It says, choose not to be harmed and you won't feel harmed. Don't feel harmed and you haven't been. And then the net, the very next one, uh, 4-8. It can ruin your life only if it ruins your character. Otherwise, it cannot harm you inside or out. Now, I mean, I think to, we might be remiss to leave out that to some extent, this mode of thinking is convenient for the emperor of the, uh, (laughs) you know, the emperor of Rome. Uh, And it certainly there, I think there is some danger in if one is too willing to accept uh, (laughs) imposed suffering or oppression or whatever, then, then any impulse to act in defiance of that, which, you know, at times is called for, um, any impulse toward that might be tampered or tempered. That there. that does seem to be one of the big flaws here in, in the system is that, yes, it it is recognizing that your mind is, is the only thing that is truly yours and that no one can take it from you. Again, supposedly you know, O'Brien might have something to say about it, that up for debate. Yeah. But recognizing that doesn't need to be projected out into well therefore i since i have that ability i i need not fight against injustice or stand plant my feet against somebody who means to do me harm yeah um and and that i i think is it just there's a little bit again to bring it to sort of the modern man and kind of modern young men and women um, how we think in the age of the internet, which is also uh, germane here, that, I mean, the, I hear the, fr- I, mean, I don't know if I've said this before on here, but when I hear the phrase, no judgments, I, it annoys the fuck out of me every time because th- that, and that could be, that definitely could be taken from the meditations. I think you, you could, you could come away from this and say, well, yeah, that's that's that I I cannot stand in judgment of any man when I'm but a mortal myself. I have all the same flaws. I, I have the same condition, right. uh, which which seems to be I think not only untrue but at odds with his you know then whence justice where where is his conception of uh what's good or what's evil based on that i mean when people say no judgments i know what they mean they they mean i mean that that's what's frustrating about it is that they (laughs) i don't think they know what they mean they say it in such a frivolous way and and often it's it's about themselves like i i spent all day in bed don't judge me that kind of thing um but basically what what that says is no thought don't reason 
uh, don't don't think about this. Don't have thoughts about it. I am. I'm going to judge. I'm going to, and I'm just as flawed as anybody else. And I have all the same frailties. I'm not better than anyone, but I. It just pisses me off when I hear that because I don't think people know what they're saying, and and it pissed me off when I thought Marcus was saying it. Um, he because there there is great value in in not and that that that's again one of the frustrations i have with the the ethical implications of what sam says about free will is that it's while i agree i i think i don't think there's any place to stand where a, a true experience of free will makes any sense it it is and he and he himself says this that it changes everything we think about the justice system about punitive justice and he always asserts well it's corrective yeah he asserts that it's not a question of ultimate responsibility that it's just about the act and its effects in the world and i suppose it's a different question what should be done about that um in terms of correction or, or punitive action but ah, shit i lost the thread uh oh but but that i think is a problem here as well that there sorry yeah you you go ahead because i i really lost the thread here yeah i think (laughs) it's hard well he's hard to almost pin down on certain certain things because there definitely are i mean he, he does put an extreme level of scrutiny on his own actions and presumably he believes that others should do the same with their own uh but you know he says over and over again don't even try to apply the judgment of good or bad onto the actions of others. Uh, at the very least, seek to understand what their thinking is. But, uh, you know, their actions may just be... Uh, I mean, their actions are, by definition, in line with the the cosmic plan of the Logos. Um, yeah, and that uh, that's just so... That is kind of a zero burger to me. Whenever yeah. he reverts to that, it's I, I, well. Then, then what do we do? I think my problem is, and I have no idea whether or not he would agree, or he would agree with this. Uh, and I mean, maybe he, maybe he would, but I feel like there is some. I, I, there are some really good reasons for, yeah, for judging and taking some or you know having your well-being tied to the well-being of of others or the actions of others in some way mainly like I, that I, of, I mostly agree with that whole point of his about what what uh what harms the bee harms the colony what you know harms the hive whatever what harms the hive harms the individual bee mm-hmm. i a, in terms of our yeah collective accountability to to one another individually and to the the city as a whole, be it a city as we know a city or the global city, the global. But yeah, I agree with that. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, there's almost, there's almost something that's a little solipsistic about it where, um, like over and over again, you can't control the action. You can't control the actions of others. You shouldn't, you shouldn't apply judgment or tie your well being to the actions of others. It's, it's what happens in your mind. Uh, are you, are you, perceiving and reacting and acting and thinking in the right ways but i feel like part of the 
part of the mo the yeah the the source of some of the greatest joy in the human experience is in intimately close relationship with others and in those cases like i want to judge the behavior of the people closest to me because i want them to be the best that they can be you know and and you would expect and, the same from them in turn right i am not um all that i all that i can be and i hope that those who care most about me will hold me to a standard beyond what i am now and i i would want to do the same with 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 others too and i feel i feel like especially in close romantic relationships uh part of what love is is being tied to the well-being of another it's almost like a subtle loss of self um or maybe not so subtle very Um, good and you know again i don't know necessarily that he would disagree with that outright it's just not something that's stressed in his writing yeah what's uh, sort of to maybe flip this a little and what's what's good about that or or maybe uh, i can't tell if this is a separate point or not maybe you can tighten it up for me because you've done great with that so far (laughs) (laughs) uh What's good about that is is his and about stoicism and how he lays it out is not concerning yourself with with the opinions of others and not not shackling your well being to the thoughts or the the opinions of others. Kind of sort sort of again going back to the personal responsibility that as that that you the only one who can be responsible as soon as you externalize that you're lost there's no way you're ever going to be happy uh or or satisfied um that is that is one of the things i really liked is that he kept he kept reasserting that that idea that they're they're and i'm trying to decide again if if these are divorced or not not to say whether this man's thoughts or actions are good or bad versus not not dwelling on that not being so concerned with it to turn once again toward inward to yourself yeah you know and and in ter- i i think some of his um denouncement of desiring the praise of others inevitably has to do with the fact that i mean he's the emperor of rome he's interacting <laughs> with probably unbelievably ambitious people who care and significantly about their legacy. And yeah, and sick of fans. Um, exactly. So, you know, I, I think definitely a lot of that self-admonishment against uh, caring about the opinions of others is to avoid tying his well-being to the opinions of those who aren't even alive yet, you know, who will remember yeah. <laughs> him hundreds yeah. of years from now. Like us, right? Yeah. I mean... You know, so so I think I think to some extent, you know, that that probably I'm sure that colored considerably his his thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, that that was one of uh, the things I wanted to touch on too. Was it's it's kind of hilarious um, how one of the things that he hammers in this is all those that came before all, all you know he mentions philosophers and leaders and and, and thinkers. Uh, they're all dead and gone. What what came of them? You know what came of their works. Now they're but a name. Soon they won't even be that, and a- everything becomes dust, and you are dissolved into your you know constituent parts, and then renewed again into the into the natural world. 
And here we are, 2,000 years later, <laughs> talking about this guy. And as you said, his uh, statue still stands uh, in Rome. And it, it's it's interesting, too, how much of a fluke it was that these writings even got published. I think the first mention of them in any history is in the year something like 900. Yeah. And that you know, obviously he never intended this. Um that's that's part of what makes this great is its origin, the nature of what it was intended to be, and then what it became is. I mean, it, it's an irony in a way, but like in the in the best way, not in a cynical way. Do you know? Was that? St- I'm assuming that statue was erected after his death. Oh, uh, <laughs> I would hope. I mean, I, I have. I honestly have zero idea, but. <laughs> Given everything that's been written here, <laughs> I don't think he commissioned it. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, but um, I mean, who knows? Uh, yeah, but I mean that—that's what tends to happen. It's usually not uh, during um, the letter, or maybe it. At, fuck, I don't know. I, I don't know my yeah, history right. well enough. <laughs> Just but, thought. Um, yeah, I mean, there's maybe two directions we could go from here. One being, um, his views of the uh well so, so we we kind of said that you know his view of um good and evil is tied to what is natural so what what is in line with nature or logos or providence as being good and uh when one acts counter to that and you know he the examples he gives most primarily are experiencing fear or you know strong bodily or emotional urges uh, as acting count or 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 doing something that is not beneficial for the collective um, but so i think there's an interesting discussion to be had on his view that individuals who commit evil acts do so entirely out of ignorance yeah uh, um, i actually the, heard the other conversation is with regards to death which i think maybe we can get into after this yeah and i actually want to do uh touch you had t- talked about um the value of the illogical or his lack of uh, yeah. belief in that. I think, yeah, we should start with the him equating basically the natural to the good. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 he, he at times, and I, and maybe stoicism generally verges a little bit on the woo with, with that for me, that I think, of course there is, laws that govern the universe right Uh, mathematics and physics and chemistry and biology but that doesn't mean that there is a a plan or there is some order i think that is also one of the problems with determinism that it's it's just a little too neat it's too organized that there's some tournament terminus well, other than the heat death of the universe, <laughs> this is all yeah. heading towards. And I, I don't know. I, I can't shit. I, I was going to put a button on that. Um, I feel uh, very scatterbrained today. But yeah, real, it, 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 I go ahead. I real quick aside. I don't know if you've watched Devs yet. Uh, it's on. Devs. It's on Hulu. It's Alex Garland who did. No, Xbox I haven't. Um, oh, okay. Explores determinism heavily. So. Okay, right on. Yeah, Qu- good. Quick note, aside, good note. Right <laughs> worth watching. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> didn't, um, mean, didn't mean to throw a wrench into. No, no sweat. Your thought um, process, but there, there is something um, 
maybe even it, back to the solipsism too. There's something just a little arrogant. It's kind of a little too kind of the Christian idea that there's a plan, you know, that that, that everything is uh, ordained and set to some goal. There, the fact that he, and maybe this is a separate point, but. You seem to have a better of and better an idea of it than I do, but he didn't get specific enough for me when talking about what constitutes a natural transgression of what is sinning against nature, um, and is that specific to each man? He seemed to think he 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 was painting this broad ethic, but he he I thought he talked on individual terms that people individuals that you must you you must do what it, what is natural to you what what is good to you um and again of course you could you could contrast that with well you also must put that up against what's good for the collective and what's good for the commonwealth right. but but i i thought it was just a little it was a little tepid there didn't well i i you know i could take that in any number of directions uh, a million examples of something that I could view as good for me and bad for the collective, but and and also just the whole thing was was just a little a little wishy washy. The inter- interchanging between nature and gods, and I mean, at, at times he speaks in monotheistic terms of God as, and, I, and again, I think he's just kind of talking about nature there, but then he also talks in a very pantheistic way, gods, there are gods. Um, yeah, I guess maybe I was a little, I was a little frustrated with that, but yeah, what, what are your thoughts here? I feel like I'm not making a lot of sense. Help me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think you are. I, I, I think it's, it's hard to know what, what to direct that frustration at, because it's like, he probably to him, he doesn't need to be writing to himself yeah <laughs> all the justification for that because he probably already knows that right it's applying yeah. what he thinks that he's yeah. trying that he's trying to do so you yeah. know I, I think if we were uh, i'm not better, suffering uh, it's not good or bad what i'm thinking is. <laughs> uh yeah i mean if if we were better stu- students of stoicism we might have a clearer picture of of what that might be and perhaps this might be a little different from strict from uh, strictly what what stoicism has to say on uh, on those issues but i i do agree with you in terms of just reading this book for what it is i i think that's that was one of the things where where some of the tedium crept in is like he's talking so much about doing what's in line with nature and i just don't quite know what he means or how how one determines what is natural and what isn't i mean he I, you can in, you can infer just from what he what he is telling himself to do that what is natural is separating the mind from bodily urges um largely yeah uh he says the statement over and over again lower things for higher things higher things for each other so he believes that uh it is natural for those with consciousness or rational rationality was the 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 word my um translation used that those with rationality exist for the sake of one another and for the collective so he he says what what things are natural but i don't i didn't get the the best picture of why those things are and yeah um, so so it it is a little hard to accept it because of that 
I, I there were a lot of times where I'm like, well, why, 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 why? You know, like in every yeah. in every statement. And uh, anyways, you were it, what you gonna say? I, I was gonna say that um, this might be deviating a little, but talking about the the desires of the body, his view of the sexual is interesting because, and I don't know sexual history that well, but. I mean, what is more natural than fucking? And what is what is more? I, I I sort of see why it was in his time, and there's much distaste for it in the Bible too, and a lot of ancient writing. It was one of the only vices that existed. I mean, there there wasn't, you know. Uh, I mean, not even really sloth was that much of a vice. I mean, there there wasn't really much of an opportunity for that. It was one of the only, certainly for the poor, it was one of the, maybe the only accessible uh, means of escape from toil or from just the anguish of of existence. Yeah, yeah, sex. And so it, it could very easily become just a pure you know addiction or or a distraction but and this maybe gets to the value of the illogical a little bit there i mean to he, he acknowledges no value in, in that at all and and maybe that's it seems very deliberate that he wouldn't but i mean that certainly are i think that's one of the things we've come around to and and gotten more right is one of the things that modernity has gotten right is, is our more open view of sex and it's it's not to be worshipped well, to, to be fair we have the luxury of doing so because contraception exists yeah okay you know, yeah. And, and and not not to not to say that there weren't pathologies yep. in the attitude towards sex in ancient or even more modern but you know in, in a couple hundred years ago the the attitudes towards sex not not to say that there weren't that there weren't negative sides to that thing, but the, I, I mean, we are truly living in a completely unprecedented time right now yeah. because we have dramatically impacted perhaps the single greatest force in our, yeah. uh, <laughs> in our existence as a species, you know, natural lives. So, yeah. I, I, so you're, you're absolutely right about that. And, and that's, I'm glad you made that point. I think that's my failing to not really make that connection. But, but also it is, I guess maybe just going back to what's natural, it is the life force. It's that which, which gives life. It's that which produces life. It's the lust. What is lustful is the progenitor of the species. And it, it, I guess maybe it's just a point of confusion for me. Yeah. And, and I think, I don't think he would say that satisfying the urge to eat or um you know or like satisfying bodily urges are wholly evil um i think it would be that one's ultimately one's well-being rests within um you know and i mean he's probably more he's probably more strict than that and because he does say in many places you need to separate you need to detach yourself and become disinterested I think uh, is a word that's used a couple times in my edition. Uh, disinterested in um, bodily urges and, and including including the sexual. Um, yeah, 
So, so I think this might be a good place to to bounce it to the okay. illogical. Real quick before we go there, I just I just want to follow sure. up on one one thing you said before when because I didn't I didn't get a chance to address it when you were talking about determinism and yet also the uh, and and also the idea of having a uh, fully set out and benevolent plan as being too neat. Uh, uh, not think? necessarily set out and, and benevolent. I, I wasn't doing my usual bounce to criticism of uh, <laughs> religion there. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, so I guess, may, yeah, maybe you can clarify for me what you meant there. In, and well, then it, also, it just, what, what do you think the, the, uh, the proper alternative is? I, I guess it was just some... To, I guess, maybe determinism or what, whatever you were commenting on. Yeah, I think maybe it... Well, I guess my my the alternative is um, entropy and randomness and annihilation. I mean, that's what we're we're all heading toward. I, I don't think it, it's just it, it's too it's too. There's just an element about it that is kind of like the way people think about um, religion. Like it's 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 both saying too much and too little what you said before about he's he says that well it's all according to the plan it's all according to nature nature wins out which i agree with but not there's just something there there i just i sort of repudiate anything that seems too organized that i don't know maybe maybe it's not quite pure determinism itself that i have problem with but the way he talks about how we fit into it how yeah i don't know i I guess am i am i hitting anything here am i am i answering your question yeah i don't don't know if i necessarily have a interesting counterpoint to make to that but i i i I see what you mean Um, yeah that that it's it's just uh, okay maybe this will help he does attribute agency at times he talks about the gods um what they intend for you what what nature intends and i think that is that is a great mistake hmm. philosophically and ethically um i guess specifically where uh where do you see that mistake extending to his ethics oh um I might I might be taking a leap here, but it's too. I think it goes back to the judgment point that we can't we can't decide for ourselves that we we do need to whether it's to nature or to some uns, yet unseen agent we must refer those questions upward. There's something to be appealed to. It's it's a surrender in a way. And maybe I feel like I'm off track, but I, I there's I just <laughs> we we could probably have a full I, I, I know I had this this point, but yeah. yeah we we can yeah we can kind of shift a little because we're sputtering. <laughs> yeah, um, um, yeah. I, I want to yeah. What did you think to the about, illogical? Right. Yeah, I I guess I would want to maybe um just put a bookend and, and say that he is very much in line with Plato and sort of his you know, Socrates, his vehicle for his dialogues. 
uh, that the contemplative life is the only one that can satisfy, that the only one is that is the only one worth living. To an extent, I agree with that. That I yeah, I was going to say it. with that statement, I probably would. I don't know <laughs> if in the specific yeah, way that, well, that he um, applies it here, but I yeah, I I, I mean, I, I strive to live an examined life. I think life you you must look inward and like like he said throughout this but it he doesn't really leave and tell me if you disagree but he doesn't leave room for anything else really it's just all logic all returning to finding satisfaction in that and living morally based on it it's when when he cuts out all urges or I don't know if the word emotion is used in here. Maybe I, I can't really remember, but it, it, as I said uh, before this, there is something very arid about that. There, there's no, doesn't leave room for the ecstatic or even the odd, seemingly contradictory pleasures of the melancholy or right. what, what have you. I mean, it, it just, yeah, what did how did you how did you view that and what cuz I don't know that I could quite recall or maybe remember his exact I don't know if he exactly inveighs against it but he certainly doesn't he he asserts that the philosophical is, you know, logos that's what there is. That's what you should be focused on. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean so I I do believe that that the examined life is the one with the fullest meaning, you know, and, and that and that the true call to adventure lies within. But I don't think that necessarily means uh like brutally logical deconstruction, which is what I, I, I think is what he does. And like the the best example I found of this is in book three, um three dash eleven. To the standbys above, add this one. Always to define whatever it is we perceive, to trace its outline, so we can see what it really is, its substance, stripped bare, as a whole, unmodified, and to call it by its name, the thing itself and its components, to which it will eventually return. Nothing is so conducive to spiritual growth as this capacity for logical and accurate analysis of everything that happens to us, to look at it in such a way that we understand what uh, what need it fulfills, and in what kind uh, and in what kind of world, and its value to that world as a whole, and to the man in in particular as a citizen of that higher city of which all other cities are made households. It, over and over again, he's like understand exactly what it is, break it down into its components, understand every facet of the of the yes. components and the whole, and. I feel like that leaves no room for the spiritual or the beautiful. And there are even in book two. This yeah, there is me, no there, beauty. At, uh, he's not dealing with that at all. Yeah, Here. there's beauty in right action based on this kind of deconstruction to him. Yeah, but although I at one point there is a passage I love that he talks about. I don't know if I don't think he uses the word or even the idea of beauty, but he talks about um, what that the imperfect can be useful, and you know, that the flaws and things are yeah a mm -hmm. part of their nature and to be valued. 
And he does talk about the beauty of the natural world mm-hmm. on a handful of occasions, too. So, um, okay. but there, there, even in book two, he mentions a couple times, like, throw away your books, like, stop reading, yeah. you know, like... Yeah, I was, I was a little... Uh, uh, yeah, don't, was... like, like, almost deaden yourself to music and dance uh, at, yeah, at he, he He's, like, becoming yeah, he, different to them. It's 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 weird, but then he, he in um I think it's in eleven he talks about art in in a meaningful and seemingly um superlative way, uh, kind of tragedy and comedy, which I maybe want to touch on. I thought was really interesting, but but yeah, it's it's so. I think that's another um, and maybe it's perhaps. <sighs> You maybe have to have a little bit of respect for his position here. As I mean, that, that it makes sense that that wouldn't come up. He doesn't have time for flights of fancy. He has an empire to run, right? Yeah, and legislate for. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and it's. I mean, there. Well, I was about to say it's hard to know exactly how cosmically he thinks this should be applied, but maybe it isn't because he uses cosmic wording <laughs> over and over again. Probably yeah. the logos, you know. That, uh, yeah, but. I think, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I feel like what is, why is poetry necessary? Because it communicates ideas that are too complicated and mysterious to be formatted logically or deconstructed. You know, th- maybe the yes. things that are most worth knowing are just beyond our our ability to articulate them. And it's interacting with the... Uh, that extreme com- uh, complexity uh, where I think beauty is experienced and perhaps the most mean there is where the most meaning is to be found. Not, not that there isn't tremendous value and meaning in concretely understanding things and that leading concretely to action, but um, it just, it's it sucks the romance out of everything. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. It, yeah. and I, I, I'm not one. I would to say that. that <laughs> I would say that um, the experiences that we find and remember to be most powerful are those which we can't put into words. I mean that that's what that's that's almost the yes. most powerful way to describe something is say I I can't describe it. I, I it was it was indescribable. I mean that's that's part of. Uh, why i love drugs um (laughs) no uh no i I think certainly i was actually going to bring up um psychedelics maybe just just to touch on how uh he talks about our kinship with, with with not only living things but just with the entire natural world we are all constituted of atoms i mean he uses he even uses yeah um democritus and uh, Lucretius de rerum natura um, atomic theory is present here, and I guess maybe I, I I bounce to that to relate. You, it's nearly impossible to describe the experience of LSD to somebody who's never experienced it, or to yourself later. <laughs> you get <can't, Right. laughs> yeah. It's I mean it's only, but but also that that is that is part of the um the nature of those of of psychedelics experiences is that feeling of oneness 
the dissolution of the ego, ego death. It's sometimes referred to e- not not only even at its most intense, but at, at any dosage, really, it will you will begin to feel that you you will. I mean, that's why it's like that cliche of those type of experiences, like everything is one man, but you do. I mean, that's a cliche for a reason. You, you there there is a great equanimity and kinship kind of with everything that that goes along with that and i, I think it is um that's a through line here in, in meditations is everything is one and i think you know without getting too woo or cheesy about it that it, it does that helps us along in our relation to other human beings and how um in terms of moral responsibility that we not only our own actions sort of affect everybody but that we are responsible for the actions of others in a way yeah and i mean even even walking it which he might which he might disagree with but yeah go ahead sorry Hmm. i was was gonna say even walking it back considerably from psychedelics just he he even he even seems to have some disdain for just the wandering of the mind, you know. He yes yes he yeah he urges himself several times to, I mean he doesn't the words aren't used but more or less it seems to do, stop daydreaming let let your thoughts be concrete and specifically around, uh, acting properly and thinking properly etc. But I mean there, I I don't know to me that daydreaming my mind wandering it's almost similar to to dreaming in a way it's oftentimes touching at things that i don't know how to deal with uh in a concrete manner yet you know and it's like i you mm-hmm. almost need to interact with it abstractly uh, interact with some ideas abstra- abstractly before you can um pocket them into a d- system of knowledge and philosophy you know yeah yeah and some of the most important things i've ever thought and learned have come that way yeah even i mean some of the things i thought about this were just from like reading it and then walking around and okay yeah what is how do i feel about there maybe feels the wrong word how do i think about this (laughs) yeah yeah but you know again there's obviously tremendous benefit to be had Maybe especially in a modern context with with what he's with what he's saying um, when when mental illness um, and or you know maybe that's too strong of a word but like emo, uh, emotional pathology or un, unwell being or whatever is at such a high especially among young people. Yeah, I there I I think I think there is a lot of value to be had specifically in that regard in a modern in a modern yeah. context. I just think it's maybe the pendulum swing too far in the other direction, you know. Um yeah. I uh, yeah, I agree. Uh bouncing a little bit. I just saw in the notes in here um he said something that was very much along the lines of what um, sort of mindfulness, what Sam says about suffering in terms of being able to bear something. If you, you know, if you say, oh, I can't bear this, it's a non sequitur because that means you're alive and 
in, in the moment of thinking it's unable to bear, you are bearing it, whatever the suffering might be, some pain. If <laughs> I, I just like the simplicity of if you literally can't bear something, it will kill you. <laughs> so you're that that it is that it is possible short of death to bear any suffering and that that's important to recognize in light of all sort of the how how we think about suffering and, and how we experience it that 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 is valuable that even at its its highest even at its most extreme that that is true that you have the choice for lack of a better phrase of how you respond to that suffering yeah and another thing that that i've heard sam say is that um strong emotional states particularly uh, you know he uses the example of of anger um only persist if you are perpetually maintaining it <laughs> so actually i do i did want to ask like how how much have you how much time have you spent practicing mindfulness personally not a ton i did i did recently um I don't know, I want to say it was like last week or the week before. I think I did two or three sessions of 10 minutes. So I bet I, I sort of touched it. But then before that, it might have been months. But yeah, I made it all the way through his 50 days over the course of probably like a year. But um, yeah, I, 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 I that how it went for me. Yeah, I, I've um, I admit I, I don't I'm not. And I'm not as frustrated with it as some people seem to be. Some people want to like cast it aside and like, oh, I, I don't understand it, or I'm just boring myself, or I don't see the value, or I can't focus. I, it's just thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. I, I of course am a novice at it, or whatever's below a novice, or is novice the lowest, <laughs> <laughs> um, beginner, whatever. But I, but I feel like I can yeah. still scrape the the value of it. And yeah, again, that's it, it's of a piece with with a lot of of this stuff of recognizing the, uh, the nature of the mind and what the degree of influence you truly do have over your own consciousness. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I so it's it's something I want to continue with, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been. It's, it sounds like we've had a pretty similar level of commitment to it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> or yeah, I haven't, I haven't been super diligent uh, about it. Um, the ide- those ideas of having a strong awareness of of your emotional state at any given time and being able to look at it dispassionately or uh, what what what'd you say? What was the word that you used? Like without without having to identify with it. Yeah, that's um, the phrase that I find most useful and that he says a lot. Yeah. That definitely seems like it would be an extremely valuable thing. I haven't gotten to the point in the little bit I've dabbled in it of feeling like I've gotten that benefit from it, but I, I've done it so little that I, I still believe that it's wholly possible it could do that. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think you know, kind of the, and I, I don't really know where Sam goes with this. I'm, I'm assuming he wouldn't take it this far, but it, it does seem like in meditations he. He takes it to the point of uh, almost you never want to, in any cases, identify with your emotional state or, but, well, yeah, 
And I don't I don't even know if I agree with that. I think there are yeah, moments where I, I where guess I do want that. Yeah, it's it's maybe it's I don't know, just hazarding a guess. Maybe he would say it's insofar as it's useful to you or you, you see the good effects of that identification. Um yeah, like like we say, kind of the that maybe you could make the same point about mindfulness that where does that leave room for the ecstatic? Um you, certainly giving yourself over to that. I mean, Sam's such a jubilant and, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the guy is emotional. No, <laughs> um, I did, uh, kind of want to, this is interesting. Cause this is a, a point that a philosophical point I've heard, um, Sam make that I, I thought of immediately reading. Um, it's in book five. If you want to turn to item 14, uh, about reason and i i think i think uh marcus is saying that kind of the same point that uh, in a way an epistemological one that nothing nothing in philosophy or, or human effort or thought is wholly self-justifying that at some point you must pull yourself up by your bootstraps to use the phrase but yeah, I, and actually, this will be interesting to hear me um, read. <laughs> when you read that last one, I was like, "My shit is way different." <laughs> I said, there is a, I think there is a reason I, I was going so slow because yeah, it's it's a little more difficult to parse. But and, I, and this might be an annoyingly uh, long passage here. But Wait, you said this is part uh, fourteen, book, book five, item fourteen. Yeah, that's funny. Mine is three sentences. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, 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 let's have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is... Okay, okay. Reason and rational power are faculties which content themselves with themselves and their own proper operations. And as for their first inclination and motion, that they take from themselves. But their progress is right to the end and object, which is in their way, as it were, and lieth just before them. That is, which is feasible and possible whether it be that which at the first they propose to themselves or no. And so that's kind of that first part, when, first couple of sentences when he was saying it, it's of itself. But then he yeah. talks about, then he goes on to describe seemingly um, just its pure utility. For which reason also such actions are termed, and then this insane word that I looked up and couldn't find a definition to, it begins with a K, to intimate <laughs> the directness of the way by which they are achieved. Nothing must be thought to belong to a man which doth not belong unto him as he is a man. These, the event of purposes, are not things required in a man. The nature of man doth not profess any such things. The final ends and consummations of actions are nothing at all to a man's nature. The end, therefore, of a man, or the sum bonum, uh, which is highest good, had to look that one up, whereby that end is fulfilled, cannot consist in the consummation of actions purposed and intended. Again, concerning these outward worldly things, were it so that any of them did properly belong unto man, then it would not belong unto man to condemn them and to stand in opposition with them. Neither would he be praiseworthy that can live without them, or he good, if these were good indeed, who of his own accord doth deprive himself of any of them. But we see contrarywise 
that the more a man doth withdraw himself from these wherein external pomp and greatness doth consist, or any other like these, or the better he doth bear with the loss of these, the better he is accounted. And so I sort of... I almost need a uh, whiteboard. Yeah, uh. Jesus. I, 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 I'm, I'm going in, I'm like, man, I, I kind of got off the rails. But on my notes, I had that reason has no intent. He says, It's impartial. He says that somewhere, that you can't... It's, it's linear in a way. That's, that's what logic is. It's to just follow the steps. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's... I, I suppose... It's it's an interesting thing to think about. You if trying to reason something. I mean, trying when if if you have a goal, then are you really using reason or are you? Um, I mean, a goal on reasoning to say, oh, I want to prove that that this table is here. You know, I is that. I mean, that's fucking Bertrand Russell uh, famously used a table in his ex- um, example of, um, I think he was talking about uh, forms or how we experience, fuck me, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> okay, and I, I had in here, if uh, man, re- can, real quick, can I ask, how many parts are in book five for you? 30. Oh, interesting. Okay, so yeah, I think. I think yeah, um, it must be a totally fucking different thing. Yeah, but because some of, some of what you were saying sounded in line with three uh, or uh, part fifteen, um, okay. and even maybe part sixteen. So I think the demarcations are maybe even considerably different. Okay, so yeah, I guess, I guess he. Um, so in that last part, maybe just to, to tighten it up, and so that wasn't completely useless. I think he's, he seemed to be saying and, and sort of making a, a different point from the original one. I, I just summarized it as if man did own, as in his nature, the things of this world, materials, then it wouldn't be against his nature to hold them as good, but we observe that this isn't so. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I had there. And I, I realized that one kind of got uh, a little off the rails, but I, I think... I think that is, do you think that that is a reasonable, at least that, like those first few sentences, a reasonable reading of that to say that re- that reason must be of itself? Hmm. A reasonable reading. <laughs> uh, reason is of itself or reason is for itself or both? <laughs> I can make I can clarify what I mean. Um... Yeah, this this is like getting really uh, philosophical here, but yeah, go for it. <laughs> Take a step. I guess I guess what I mean is yeah. Well, the, okay, maybe we can make the conversation for our own sake at least a little more pedestrian. Yeah, we yeah. Lose the threads pretty easily, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm losing the threads on what I thought I had fucking nailed when I was coming into this. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, so I guess what I, well, okay. So so almost what I heard from that first part is, to some extent, reason is a closed reason is reason is a closed system. Uh, it's there. There are no uh, more. Uh, there are there aren't lower principles principles on which you can establish reason. Reason exists of itself it it just is 
Um, but I guess my question is, is reason, is the, is the purpose of reason simply for arriving at more reason and, and, and for reasoning? Because, so, and here's why I think that matters. Because, so he says that what makes man man is reason. It is that he has rationality. That is what separates him from plants and animals and pure matter. Uh, it is that it is that we can uh, that we can reason, and thus the exercise of that reason, um, by itself, is what is good and valuable for man to do and experience. The Base bodily urges are not what is unique to man and therefore essential to his nature, and because of that might therefore be immoral or or wrong or whatever. So I, I guess my question is like uh we are capable of reason. Does reason lead us to can can reason also lead us to other things like beauty or abstract experience, you know? Yeah. Um, I think maybe that's not a relevant question, but I know I think think there is something there. You clarified that for me. I I think what, what kind of what he talks, when he talks about the urges, um, I, I think, I mean, maybe, maybe what I would maybe change that from what Marcus says and what, what separates us is consciousness. Not necessarily reasonable, although that's, I mean, again, that's at least right now sort of impossible to know the degree to which elephants or dolphins or apes or octopuses. um, Or tulips. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was was using the animals that that, that we think have the highest level of of connection and experience. But yeah, tulips too. Well, well, that's, I mean, that's that's an odd thing about, you know, Plant life has its own um, mystery, and, and trees communicate with one another, and and that kind of thing. Um, but and I think react I, to react to uh, external harm. Yes, I, I think I, I guess where I would, if Marcus is saying, and, and I think that was really nice. Like I said, I think you you tighten it up. Uh. I don't know that reason leads to or begets beauty or art or joy, whatever, but it certainly has things to say about them. And I think the the reason that he makes a mistake to cast aside all the things that lead to or are derivative of those urges or are irrational parts is that we can use reason to not only temper them, but to understand them. And that that because we have reason, it, it renders those urges or, you know, the, the, those faculties, we, we can use reason to transmute them into things that are ethically good. Hmm. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, and, and you know, maybe, maybe also... Yeah, and and maybe we could say that yeah, there are there are more things besides just rationality that separate us from everything else. I mean, can 
do animals dream? And I don't mean necessarily like a literal, like golden retrievers seem to dream yeah. in, in, in a yeah. literal sense. But like, I, I guess what I mean is a sign. Uh, and we have a slight meaning. advantage of, of uh, 2,000 years on Marcus here in terms of knowledge of science. Even, even uh, meager as you, your or our, my knowledge of th- such things is but yeah go ahead <laughs> um going almost going back to man's search for meaning on one thing we can do which it doesn't appear other creatures can is assign meaning to assign meaning to things particularly meaning to suffering um and uh you know we can experience the beauty of a painting and dream of the some more ultimate beauty of what it reflects the natural mm-hmm. world or or uh some beautiful reality of human interaction or or or, or the divine um so i don't know i think and and again i don't know if i don't know if he would say yes rationality is the only thing that but it, that's that's what he focuses on in yeah. discussing man's nature. Yeah, I think um, um, that that might be a good. The what you just what you just mentioned might be a fun um, topic. Something that that's not, that's not uh, necessarily a through line, but it's of a piece of his, the way he views nature and sort of the unity of everything um, that he thinks art is. And I don't know if I don't know philosophy of art that well, but I'm sure there are are those that would say this still holds that art is pure imitation of the perfection and the ideal of nature that that art can never rise to the level of nature. Doesn't he say almost explicitly that at some point? Yeah, I that's, know. I re- yeah, I that's know what I, I yeah, that's what yeah. I was I was oh, saying. Okay, it. I, I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that makes sense why you brought it up then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, it's it's in the later. I think it might be um, 11, something, 10 or 11. But yeah, he, he says that. And I, I, I kind of wanted to take um, that and then I, I guess I, I don't have I don't have a ton to say that would refute that point. Um, but it does seem like our facility with language and our ability to to use reason to i guess it it would that reason would act on i guess this is this is the same thing we were saying before that when you put those things together reason the rational and the irrational when they act on one another that i think that does create things that are I mean, we, we might just be imitating the natural, but it might be our our ever our inspiration. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know that I could have the experience of of reading Crime and Punishment from staring at a mountain. And I know that's a pathetically uh, tepid um, comparison or example, but I mean, what what do you think about that? Am I am I making any sense here? Like I don't that, know. that I think level I'm conflicted that, about it. Maybe I'm just maybe that it's my mistake to um assert complexity as a higher as that alone as something of a higher order. Um but because because also I mean the certainly our our 
nature is more complex than we understand it to be now and probably will ever understand it to be. We will never know the true nature of, of what is, um, you know, at the level of quarks or, or whatever. All we have are these, the process of science are these heuristics that we continue to revise and better understand. I mean, um, there does seem to be a very close relation between complexity and beauty. Uh, yes. The question yeah. is, are they, the question is, are they synonyms? You know, the, um, uh, they can be antonyms, I think, I, as yeah, well. I mean, like, it, right. um, something that's, that's overly complex is distate or, you know, more complex than it needs to be. Like the things yeah. I say on this podcast are, are very distasteful. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I was not sucking my own dick there. I was saying how, what I say makes no fucking sense, but, <laughs> um, Fair, fair point though uh, no i no, i, I was it, it I doesn't was, make any sense what you i said. was just playing de- uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no i i was just playing devil's advocate i i agree that they can it's a question are are they synonyms um i mean they yeah i don't know that's uh again that's that's a level of philosophy that's certainly beyond our abilities and probably beyond the scope of this pod but but um yeah i, I, I think a, what a i question was to ponder. Say, yeah, you know what what I was going to say is I, I well, and yeah, maybe it's not maybe it's not absolute. But that connection certainly runs runs pretty deep. Right? The, the crystals the, the a more a more complex atomic structure have a, I, I don't know, it's almost like a combination of of complexity but is it conjunction order, but order? Maybe? Yeah, order. Like, okay. Um in some in some sense or like entropy isn't beautiful right the dispel a, a lukewarm room is less beautiful than even a lump of coal with with that has potential you know uh i, I don't know and again i'm not saying all of this is without a without exception yeah but and maybe maybe well, you could I, make an argument I, that I entropy think, is beautiful that might be an interesting argument actually i think um uh, it might it might be a non sequitur, um, <laughs> because everything is. I mean, entropy is just everything is governed by entropy. So, but I, I, I agree logos, with you with is the, entropy. The, the true logos. What'd you say? <laughs> is entropy the logos? Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, we're all serious. <laughs> it is oh, that man. by which everything is governed. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, okay. In a in a, what's, in, a what's, in a sense of physics, I guess. What's more entropic than a supernova? That certainly is beautiful. Hmm. Um. What one thing I did want to say was, uh, where beauty is held, and where almost all beauty that we experience originates. You know, when it comes to music or literature or you know, beauty that isn't experienced by observing the the natural world comes from the most complex thing that we have ever seen, which is the human brain. Yeah. Okay. The most complicated <laughs> system. <laughs> ever yeah. Observed. That's. <laughs> Again, I I I think like having a, you know, overly specific debate here isn't interesting. But no. I, yeah. I, I forget I, how we even got here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I I do want to um. 
Shit. But, I, had, I had a specific point that was that was relevant. Uh, uh, one of um, Marcus's questions that I oh it was the um, the tragedy comedy thing. I, I want to get to that. Um, and it's just oh, sure. it's almost an aside for him, but I, I think it, it's it's fun, <laughs> yeah. and I, I think it uh, is an interesting discussion uh, or, yeah, tell, con- tell or conception you, of it. Tell me what you thought of that because I mean that was that was a brief section in mine, and I wasn't didn't i don't think i quite grasped what he was okay i i think i and okay i want to do that and then i I had one um quote that i wrote down that that was my favorite of of okay yeah it was uh book 10 oh i'm sorry book 11 i was right the first time uh item five okay okay (laughs) um (laughs) all right i'll i guess i'll read the whole thing just for cohesion it's about this (laughs) buckle up folks it's about the same length as the other all right um and uh, it'll be interesting to have kind of a direct comparison with you uh to as far as your uh the cohesion um right as far as yeah okay Tragedies were at first brought in and instituted to put men in mind of worldly chances and casualties, that these things in the ordinary course of nature did so happen, that men were much pleased and delighted by such accidents upon this stage, would not by the same things in a greater stage be grieved and afflicted. For here you see what is the end of all such things, and that even they that cry out so mournfully to Citharon, uh, Kytheron? Ah, fuck me. Must bear them for all their cries and exclamations, as well as others. And in very truth, many good things are spoken by these poets, as that, for example, is an excellent passage. Quote, But if so be that I and my two children be neglected by the gods, they have some reason even for that. End quote. And again, quote, It will but little avail thee to storm and rage against the things themselves. End quote. Again, quote, <laughs> to reap one's life as a ripe ear of corn, end quote, and whatsoever else is to be found in them that is of the same kind. After the tragedy, the ancient comedy was brought in, which had the liberty to inveigh against personal vices, being therefore through this her freedom and liberty of speech a very good use and effect to restrain men from pride and arrogancy. To which end it was that Diogenes took almost the same liberty. After these, what were either the middle or new comedy admitted for, but merely, or for the most part at least, for the delight and pleasure of curious and excellent imitation. Quote, it will steal away, look to it, end quote. Why no man denies, but that these also have some good things whereof that may be one. But the whole drift and foundation of that kind of dramatical poetry, what is it else but as we have said? I sort of lost him at the end there, but I, <laughs> so I think I, I kind of like, and it, and it might be imperfect and um, a little too neat, but I like the the definition of tragedy uh, as that which is chance, that which is going to happen to you no matter what, and comedy as and irony residing in human foibles of, of what you know tragedy is without comedy is within i do think there's an element of tragedy that's lost if you label it as only things that come from without 
Um, there, there's an element there that's uh, to be found within, I think. But but maybe it's best as irony, as comedy. I I, I do. I kind of like that. What do you What do you think about that? Well, all right. So for, first off, that is very different from mine. <laughs> <laughs> we can't all be reading the classics, Professor Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh, it took us way too long. Yeah. To get to Seinfeld. <laughs> the God first damn it. Seinfelder. We're slipping, I don't know, dude. What is he We're reading? Slipping. It's uh, it like the TV it's like manual cracked or something, or, or like, or, oh yeah, it's like, it's like TV. It's not TV. Is it TV Guide? No, I don't think it's TV Guide because no, that's no. Frank Frank's thing. Yeah, that's right. He uh, collects. It's like TV I think it's like a, Guide. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Is it? It's not cracked. It's um. No, George reads cracked at one point. Yeah, George. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's just something utterly absurd that Kramer would be. Yeah, it's like some manual or something. We can't all be reading the classics, Professor. <laughs> um, I. It's funny. I can't even find in part ten where it discusses that. I know really? I read it. Okay, maybe it was eleven comedy and tragedy. But but, uh, but uh, um, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's well, interesting. Anyways. It they seem to yeah. differ in way more than we even thought they did. But I mean, <laughs> right. we we we've been talking. Uh, um, I think I don't think they, they're they're different enough that it would uh, give us an entirely different reading or anything. No, it's ra- I feel like at, what's what's important is rarely individual lines. It's the mm-hmm. impression over. Yeah. The entire book. C- can you uh, can you ask the question again? Since I, oh uh, sure. Um, I was I, uh, I I missed a little bit of well I didn't quite follow along when you were reading because I was trying to find so fucking rude. The um, section. <laughs> you just read just read it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no. Okay, so basically, he he designates and th- and this is. I think it's it's interesting as well that he's sort of interacting with it in in the ancient, you know, uh, one of the original conceptions of art, or at least what's on the stage of, of theater, um, of that really kind of uh, collaborative artistic effort as well. But he's saying that tragedy can be defined as what is a result of or human experience of chance events things that are without right. and yeah. comedy is is concerned with what is within what uh, of human foibles and failings and and contradictions that we engineer for ourselves and i i, I well while i think that uh i i think i think the comedy is is very nearly dead on i don't think there's a lot that's funny about um you know we can i think anything can be funny but it's it's always going to be somehow relative to the human experience of it um but well i guess tragedy is too but i think that i think maybe something is lost in his definition of tragedy to avoid um looking within i think there there's much tragic about the uh persistence of humans acting against their own interest but i think that is certainly more comic than tragic i think that he's very close and i i 
I just, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. At what that definition? Mm-hmm. What do you? Yeah. Do you react to it in the same way? Do you totally disagree? Are you hard? What's going on? <laughs> um, I don't know. I I feel like there's. I, I I feel like part of the human experience itself, even just from an internal sense, is is tragic. Um, I would say it's also ironic and also comic. <laughs> I mean that that's what's so the, yeah, the, 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 yeah. the, the, the interplay between those two ideas. I mean that's the classic saying that tragedy plus time equals comedy, and. Um, if you're Anthony Jeselnik, you don't even need time. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I I don't know. Yeah, I, I, sorry to like jump in and, and review you like that, but yeah, go ahead. I don't know. I guess what what comes to mind for me is, I, yeah, I mean we uh, mentioned it earlier, and it's easy to write off solipsism as ridiculous it's a write-off for them uh, (laughs) you don't even know what a write-off is do you oh is that how does it go oh yeah no No, i don't they do but they do and they're the ones writing writing it uh i'm sorry you you were saying uh it gets to the solipsism that'll be a a perfect spot for me to match up the audio yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) When I bring our tracks together. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. What were you saying? It gets to the solipsism. I'm interested oh, in that. Yeah. I don't it's, see it's, easy that. To, it's easy to dismiss that, but the human experience is at its root solipsistic, right? I will, I will uh, never experience anybody's consciousness but my own. I was joking with with Ali earlier because I, I was editing the Man's Search for Meaning uh, recording. And I was saying, like, I don't know if part of the reason why I do, I haven't liked either of these two recordings I've edited so far is best because I don't like my own voice, or uh, and or <laughs> we were talking ideas. about how it is kind of funny how different your internal voice, or you know, the, the voice that you hear is to somebody else. And I was like, what's even more funny is that I will never hear your what your internal voice sounds like. <laughs> I will never hear what you think you sound like. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, like it's a, kind it's a of different a, version of it. Yeah, I I do like that. Um, but I think I, I guess I don't know. I don't know what my point is with all this, other than that. Like, yeah, I I feel like there is enough tragedy internally in the human experience, just in the fact that, uh, I feel like to to be conscious individually as we are is to never truly know or be known. Um. Yeah, and I—I I mean, yeah, that's—I mean, that's its own uh, domain of, of philosophical. I, I don't inquiry. even know if I'm touching your point. Yeah, but no, no, you, no, you're. I, I like. Um, I, I, I like that. I think it relates. I think it's you're you're saying perhaps that is that uh, that uh, Marcus's definition is um, a little too narrow in that there's plenty of tragedy that is merely within that that like you say i do kind of like that um that that we 
we find this connection, but it's it's so incomplete. Um, but I but I, but I don't know. I mean, I I think you could argue that uh, that might be th- that that despite that, we do collaborate and and come together and relate in such meaningful and deep ways despite that barrier yeah absolutely yeah um okay yeah there if you want if you care to um i wanted to bounce here we go uh and uh, hopefully this is shorter i don't remember Um, it's i'm having i I fully understand uh, why it took why it took you a long time yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, i was i was a little considering that you probably like read at twice the pace i do normally (laughs) uh and it's like god damn like this is i'm like it, it would be like I would be, I mean, you know, we, everyone reads and like rereads things and gets frustrated in that way, but it would be like, I would be on a page and like get to the end and be like, all right, and look at the clock and a half hour had gone by. I'm like, God <laughs> damn it. All right. Um, it was, uh, book 11. Yeah. Same book, uh, item. And again, you might not be able to find it, <laughs> right. but, um, I'll just open to a random page. And for, yeah. Uh, <laughs> By the way, this this audio is going to be like I can tell in my mic I'm really loud, so we'll yeah. see. I, I've we'll, been watching mine and I've been loud too. Oh, okay, so well, wow, like, get a better little than further quiet. Away from the mic. Certainly. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe I'll I'll back off. Oh okay, okay yeah. This my is, headphones are fine, but this is more. I think this is more of a practical point about um, both a. Uh, theoretical and a practical point about living the, the stoic ethic and i think it, it's 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 broadly too and broadly true rather um <clears throat> are you uh at it at you what, what you think it is <laughs> uh, did you did you say what it was 11 oh i'm sorry uh, item four, 14 14 okay wait that's nice i only have 12 <laughs> <laughs> i have three uh <laughs> Yes, this one is one sentence in mine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, well, maybe see. I mean, that maybe something is is lost then. Um, but okay, or maybe it's in the other items here. But okay, I'll I'll just go. How rotten and insincere is he that saith, "I am resolved to carry myself hereafter towards you with all ingenuity and simplicity." Oh man, what dost thou mean? What needs this profession of thine? The thing itself will show it. It ought to be written upon thy forehead. <laughs> no sooner thy voice is heard than thy countenance must be able to show what is in thy mind. Even as he that is loved knows presently by the looks of his sweetheart what is in her mind. Such must he be for all the world that is truly simple and good, as he whose armholes are offensive that wh- that whosoever stands by as soon as ever comes near him may as it were smell him whether he will or no but the affectation of simplicity is nowise laudable there is nothing more shameful than perfidious friendship above all things that must be avoided however true goodness simplicity and kindness cannot so be hidden 
but that, as we have already said, in the very eyes and countenance, they will show themselves. Gotcha. Okay, so that... It's the net. It's fifteen for me. And let me okay. read this one so you can see how different it is. Oh, sure, sure. The despicable phoniness of people who say, "Listen, I'm going to level with you here." <laughs> what does that mean? It shouldn't even need to be said. It should be obvious, written in block letters on your forehead. It should be audible in your voice, visible in your eyes, like a lover who looks into your face and takes in the whole story at a glance. A straightforward, honest person should be like someone who stinks. When you're when you're in the same room with him, you know it. But false straightforwardness is like a knife in the back. False friendship is the worst. Avoid it at all costs. If you're honest and straightforward and mean well, it should show in your eyes. It should be unmistakable. Yeah, I, I thought it was... Yeah, <laughs> uh, man, I... I... I don't know. I kind of like that we had the two um, different yeah. versions. And I, I think, I don't know. I like the, I do kind of like the older language in mind, but I, I like yours that it began with, you know, it's stupid to say I'm going to level with you. It, it sort of brought to mind how that kind of um, qualification is crept into our everyday speech. How we say, honestly, or uh, to be honest, or frankly, or, you, you know, the, 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 there's this, I mean, and, and that's, I don't know if that, that's not their, his, his main point, but that if, if it needs to be said, then it's not so. You and, should be one who doesn't have to qualify his speech. Yes, I, I think it was... Uh, um, to gain credibility. Summed up in a rap lyric... Um, <laughs> I think I want to say it was off the uh, Wiz Khalifa Cushion OJ mixtape, the mixtape that turned me into a stoner. Um, and it was the song "Supply," I believe, by uh the rapper Phipps. I think was the uh the verse, and he said, "If you speak it, you don't know it. If you know it, you don't speak it." And I think that is. I mean, that's a, just a distillation uh, of this. And I, I think it, it is that it is, I think, if, if not a direct uh, component of the Stoic ethic, it's certainly of a piece with it. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you would say it It derives from this, um, but it, it it's... It's just right there. It just makes total sense. It just fits right in with the entire mm -hmm. thing of, you know, don't concern yourself. And I think it, it, it another great um, line, I think it was in like book two, but he says something like make a little show of it. You know, it's, it, it's, it, it's right. too, to profess your, your intentions in this way or, or, or the way you're living is to negate it in a way. Because it, it is to engage in vainglory, as you might put it, or, hmm. you know, you, you're seeking, it's no longer for its own sake and, and for for the good. It's it's for your own veneration. Yeah. I actually did think of a Seinfeld, <laughs> relevant Seinfeld quote for this. <laughs> Please. <laughs> have, I ever, have I ever been anything less than forthright with you? No. Well, maybe you have. What do I know? Yeah, what am I talking about? Of course I have. 
<laughs> I don't remember what episode that's from. But. Oh, yeah. It's oh, fucking God damn it. Genius. I actually. I actually da- oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say that. That, like, I, half uh, a second delay. Is yeah. yeah it's, it's made for some fun uh, stuff, but uh, <laughs> I rewatched. Um, the talking funny have you seen that that hbo thing the i think gervais put it together but ricky gervais chris rock seinfeld and louis ck and it's just i don't know like 50 minutes 40 or 50 minutes of them just talking about comedy um and um just kind of everything that's theory and practice and it uh it just we were talking about seinfeld i don't have really a specific reference from it but that is definitely um worth a watch yeah. Okay. I I hadn't even heard of that. What just says called again? It's talking funny. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyways, uh, this is I don't know that that section did strike a chord with me just because I do probably value honesty over any other personal quality. Oh yeah, and, me and too. Just in uh, you know, not for the sake of. Uh, being praised for it hopefully but simply because of how it would impact my interactions with other people want want to be somebody uh who certainly the people who know me but even those who who don't just speaking with me can tell that i'm being forthright absolutely not not holding something back um uh, another thing that connects to seinfeld uh (laughs) (laughs) To, to sam <laughs> yeah okay um is his placing of dishonesty on the spectrum of violence yeah and i i i have the same thoughts on it so i won't i won't reiterate them but um one thing i did want to get and and we're kind of uh just to check in with you uh time wise um how are you feeling i think I, I got a little more in me there was one more thing i wanted to ask you about but yeah, um i can, and, I can and, keep going sure and uh what um i i i do want to hit this and then maybe i'll i'll when we're done uh hammering this into oblivion <laughs> i'll uh <laughs> ask you maybe at the end if there is anything else that we didn't touch that you definitely wanted to hit um because i feel like i've been kind of um uh being a dick on this one but um <laughs> no actually you're we're still hitting most of the things i wanted to cover anyways oh, but nice yeah. beautiful um one of the ways that oh, I think I mentioned, I maybe mentioned it earlier, but this is sort of uh, I can bounce this from the that that passage we just read about making known your intentions or your ethics or looking for veneration based on your profession of of, of who you are. Um, I and I, I don't want to you know harp on this because it's so annoying and it's so easy to blame social media and <laughs> blame the internet for everything. I'm not even. I'm talking about kind of the it as as an origin, not not oh this problem is a result of this. I'm just saying the the basis is already corrupt. What is? I mean that that's what most of social media is is this kind of profession is putting yourself out there as as a boast or 
something to be validated and then a built-in reward system specifically for that purpose and this is it is directly i mean look at any comment section of anything think how how far that strays from marcus's don't concern yourself with with the thoughts and opinions of others um that that's that's where he that that sort of the don't judge or that's where that can be good and that's a good basis is to reel this shit back in um i mean it is it's also a i mean it, it's so interesting now like with with the virus and shit because we were all i felt already we were becoming so you know sort of that paradox of the internet more connected and less connected um but now we are really less connected <laughs> and well but i it, mean to some extent it's now less connected and more connected yeah like you're how, right i i was i mean yeah I, I i have i mean shit i i've talked with friends that i probably wouldn't have talked to um but so yeah i mean but but i maybe that was a mistake to uh bring bring the virus in especially so confidently but um <laughs> I, no i was i was going to bring i oh, was okay. going to bring it up yeah, yeah but do do you kind of do you kind of see how um just that it, even more broad than meditations it it is so deranging of our ethics to be behind a screen in that way and to be just to be interacting and touching aspects of one another's lives that we wouldn't have before not 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 touching in the you know not emotionally i'm touched but making contact with the i mean there's certain there's certain things that are just i don't know i think i've made the point how what do you think about that i mean i i think uh what's so weird about it is that um it's it's interaction with all ever you know all the personal elements removed in the case of reddit it's total anonymity you're not interacting with uh, i remember, i uh maybe it was in comedians in cars or something i i heard or or some interview brian regan did but he was talking about uh uh one of his early comedy shows where he walked out on stage and he couldn't see a single person in the audience, not the front row, nobody. It was just him on stage in front of this black wall and he would speak words to the black wall, which would project laughter back to him. (laughs) And it was just the most bizarre thing in the world for him starting out because it was completely impersonal. There could have been anything there, you know, it could have been speakers. Uh, And I feel like that is kind of what, especially the like full anonymity is on the internet. You're not interacting with people. You're interacting with like a, a conceptual idea of a person who is reduced so fully to how you can imagine them in your mind with all your biases and with whatever it is you're specifically talking about. But the same thing does exist too on Twitter and Facebook and whatever, even when you know what the person is because there's no real human interaction uh, that's going on there. And how could that not be deranging to our, our communication and our like ability to relate to other people? If a primarily how we're interacting with other people is in 
through that means. And I don't mean, and, and I don't even necessarily mean to say, uh, or like be talking about people who spend more time on the internet than they do act inter- interacting with other people in real life. But, but they might, um, when you're, yeah, th- that, that exists, but like interacting with, well, I, I'm people definitely exists. On I mean, on the average, of, they might even, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Right. I, I guess, you know, people are willing to, to share more about themselves and it weirdly, I mean, online and especially in an anonymous setting than they will with friends at work. So it's like you get this weird effect. No, though. Yeah. Perhaps interaction of substance has this weird internet, uh, you know, this anonymous effect on it. That Um, might be true. I mean, I want to, obviously I want to disagree with that. (laughs) Um, yeah, it, it might be, I guess I, it's also for me, I mean, think about bringing it back to meditations. How, uh, think of the catalysis of the urges that he repudiates and the, the I mean, the emotional, these, and the, like you said, not only sort of with, with the likes, but with anger and moral superiority that is which is again directly contrary to his ethic that i mean it's it's on a fundamental level and on an experiential level or maybe theory and practice is better it i feel like it it fails and i i i think i don't know i don't think it's a direct um you know nothing's perfect it's not so neat as the disconnected in this way equally connected in this other way uh um i think we would both make a mistake to say that but i i i guess i think that uh i don't know i i I hope that you are more right than i am i i I hope you're uh and maybe you've had a better it's not that i had like a horrible experience on the internet or anything i just i just oh i I mean i i think uh, maybe you can clarify what you think the distinction is because i was from my mind being extremely negative about internet interaction oh oh no <laughs> well uh, maybe maybe specifically to, to your point about a uh a deeper level of um connection or people are willing oh, to share I, I more guess, i don't I know that I mean, that's true like, maybe it's, it is. it's even more perverse because on Ooh. like okay now you're speaking when, my language when people interact <laughs> yeah when when people interact on let, let's say on twitter in it it when you're at work generally speaking unless you have a uh, i don't well i don't know generally speaking i feel like it's pretty uninteresting interpersonal communication you know it's related to work or it's small talk i guess so what i'm saying is on the internet people are likely talking about things that are closer to their emotional experience and so it's deeper in quote unquote in that sense, but it's completely perverted by some form of uh, either anonymity or um, uh, like a level of abstraction almost. Yeah, um, and okay. so and so like the where where the ability to communicate with people is at its uh, weakest. Or you know the tools for really communicating with somebody are are at their weakest is where people 
uh, are arguing about politics. I mean, you know, right? I mean, I, I feel like it's way easier to. It, it, I, I think, at least in my experience, it's hard to get really heated about <laughs> the political issue of the day when you're talking with somebody face to face versus on the internet. And yeah, well, even if if, a, a mention of it will get me heated because I'm so bored by it. no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, well, well, that's the the odd thing about uh, and I don't want to get get off on this is that I don't think people. When people say uh, either what you just said, the political issue of the day, or even just something as broad as talking politics, they aren't really talking politics. I mean, they're talking about, and I mean, it's it's on the level of emotion usually, and it's also, it's a reaction to something. It's not, it's not a reasoned, I mean, what, I mean, that's what, I mean, I have, I know, such a weak, such a meager understanding of the politics of the of the actual political process, the actual governance of the country and the state in which I reside. And I, I think that sometimes I still know more than the people that I'm talking to, but not because I know more, but because I don't engage in that same way i I guess people maybe my point is that people aren't talking about the act what's actually occurring they're not talking about the law they're not talking about political philosophy they're not talking about what is what is best for the commonwealth what it's just this and i i think i would be making a mistake to try and separate the moral from the political because anytime you're making a political claim or a political argument it kind of has to be moral as well um but uh yeah i don't know sorry i it was i think it might have been a mistake for me to go down that line yeah. but uh yeah <laughs> i think i mean it's interesting i i think my my problem with uh political discussion is it's yeah it's it it isn't really a discussion. I think it yeah. comes and like it's it's so weird and I don't know why it happens uh, with politics more than any other topic of conversation. But it it becomes and you know I I feel this for myself like that I do this too is it it just becomes amygdala massage you know oh yeah like it's 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 people become a mouthpiece for ideology. It's like nobody talks with their People don't talk with their own words. Yeah, it's just. I mean, like, we're it's, just it's, as guilty it's of it. Ideology. Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. And I hate. I, yeah, and I hate this about myself yeah. when, when I do this, and I, I, I've, I've, try so hard to avoid it. <laughs> I feel like with the pod, we're getting so poorly. Closer. We're we're getting closer to actually forming thoughts. <laughs> yeah. You be the judge, right. dear one listener. <laughs> dear listener, and uh, you know, again, I mean, I'm sure we'll say this in intros, pre- prefaces to every one of these podcasts when we release them, but you know two listeners is like you and i are here to learn like and if yeah and if a listener thinks we're like everything we're saying is bs like go ahead share i want to hear that that, share it in a way that like will that can help instruct us then Mm -hmm. in a way where i can actually because that that, i think that's what 
ideally you and I want from this at our in our best moments is is to learn regardless agree. of what direction that goes in you know um yeah and uh actually to to connect this back to the book um book six part 21 says if anyone can refute me show me uh show me i'm making a mistake or looking at things from the wrong perspective i'll gladly change it's the truth i'm after and the truth never harmed anyone what harms us is to persist in self-deceit and ignorance um I'm so glad you brought that up because I I wanted to make that point. He says that a few times about changing your mind and the virtue of that. Yeah. Right. And, um, why, yeah. Why political discussions are so boring. And I include myself in that. It's, it's boring when I listen to myself talk about it is, yeah, it becomes like, it's, it's like this, it really feels like a different part of your brain, you know, uh, that needs to, it's like one of those bodily urges, like satisfying one of those bodily urges that he talks yes. about. It's such a it's such a weird thing, and I and I feel like uh, real conversation, which I hope is what we're doing here, and I hope is what I'm slowly doing more generally, is so much more meaningful and satisfying. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the as 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 our mantra has kind of been you know our our ability for self deception is unbounded um but if we can inch towards being able to actually listen and willing to change our mind even if it's in the direction completely opposite for where we were yeah uh, i do and i do believe that that is the path to true virtue um as Agreed. I think to some extent he does. So right on. Well, um, I'm, the I'm only just... other thing I had, and you know, maybe we can, maybe, maybe we can touch this just briefly and end here on the next 10, 15 minutes. I was weird. I was thinking <laughs> about, we always kind of seem to go about the same time. I was thinking through this. I'm like, man, like, are we going to, um, you know, have enough here. Like, is it, ah, oh, it's all right if we like just do an hour or something, but now nah, we push way beyond it. <laughs> yeah. What I, Not what I hope is toward. that, <laughs> yeah. what I hope as we listen back to these and we, and as other people start, start listening to these is that we discover that our conversations are sufficiently different from our others you know that we're talking yeah. about interesting things that are that differentiated in some inter- some way that's interesting to somebody yeah and and, and beneficial to us yeah I that we're not just like using we're just... um these works and writings as a vector for what, either what we already think or you know to <laughs> just to bitch about whatever's on our minds or something right <laughs> yeah. i mean inevitably some of that's going to be that's going to happen but uh yeah and i think that that's, that's why inevitable. we do really yeah, why we do really need to get this thing out there and have serious, uh, have good lines of communication with people who are not afraid to offer criticism, so yeah. that we can we can so that they can tell us if we start if we start doing that. Yeah, both um, in 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 content and the product itself. Yeah, the goal of this is to learn something new and to grow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh. and that includes learning shit about podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, you said. Uh, oh yeah, you are. I don't know. The we can, um, we can decide. Change your mind. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna we, I'm gonna comb through here and uh, see if I'm sure there's yeah something. the oh, the okay. other thing I had um the other thing I had which uh um well I don't know if we totally touched evil as ignorance we mentioned it okay we can we could maybe talk about that for just five minutes and and yeah. cover it sufficiently but well you know maybe. I actually heard uh, Penn Jillette on an interview recently. It might have been Tim Ferriss say that um, he pretty much stated directly that uh, philosophical position that, yeah, he he thinks that there is no evil. There's only ignorance. I thought that was interesting. Um, he's a, a fascinating guy. If you ever get a chance to listen to his stuff and a yeah, I remember hell, you told a me hell of a goddamn performer. Practices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, I don't. I, I I tend to. Um, I guess I value evil uh, as. I mean to say, as an idea, I don't think we can do without it. I I do think I I mean I've probably said this before on here. Um, he Marcus states directly in the meditations at one point uh, to love your enemies. He sort of takes. He he does take the the Stoic ethic seems to be uh, an indifferent. I mean, we, I'm, I'm amazed we've taken us that long to mention that idea, but indifference is the, sort of the theme of yeah. the the ethic. Um, it, at times, or Stoicism, but at times, Marcus Aurelius takes an indifferent approach to the transgressions of others, even against oneself. But then he goes one step further and says, "No, we must love." Uh, those that transgress against ourselves, and I think that is an immoral position and, and an immoral doctrine. I I don't I don't want to love my enemies. Um, I want victory over them, and I I don't think I I it's be that's a, essentially pacifism, and I think I, I don't I think pacifism is immoral, and it's it, I mean it's it's basically to say that evil shouldn't be resisted now if you say that evil is ignorance or or evil doesn't exist that's i mean i think you must say that to say uh that you should love your enemies um it but i i do think not so i guess to say that from my seat is to say that and and i don't think marcus had the advantage of the language and um, language of psychology that he is to say that there aren't psychopaths and sociopaths in the world that will do evil for its own sake and i think the the evidence of history suggests that that's not the case that people will do evil they will exercise power i suppose you could simplify and true power being the ability and enjoyment of inflicting suffering on another person and the control of another person in that way history suggests that that that, that, that is the case that, that people do do that and that it must be resisted at at all hazards yeah um yeah okay two two things there that i want to comment on uh uh one being loving your enemies etc which i'll put aside for one sec i think um i don't even necessarily yeah sociop right psychopaths are the um 
are a clear refutation of that idea um, or of, of, of that philosophy. But I think I don't even think you necessarily have to go that far. I think you're right. Has, I, I think I tried to each, say that, but didn't. Yeah. 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 Hasn't each of us done something we knew was wrong just to do it? Like, I mean, does I, I feel like I have moments of real malevolence where I know what I'm doing is wrong and I'm doing it because it's wrong. You know, like who has not, who hasn't been passive aggressive to their loving mother, yeah. uh, <laughs> just to be an asshole. Good example. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like I, I, and, and we tend to be the cruelest to those that are closest to us. You know, those mm-hmm. we profess to care most about and oftentimes do, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, the idea that we don't know we're doing wrong, that that people don't intentionally act maliciously just seems insane to me. Like, yeah. it's just completely, completely antithetical to my uh, experience. And either I'm a, I'm a psychopath uh, <laughs> and, it's, and, and I'm in a very small minority who experiences yeah. that or perhaps... <laughs> most of us do that yeah and i yeah i agree with you there and and of course the um that's the i mean hannah rent's idea of the banality of evil part of that is that allows evil to propagate is you know, the old cliche of all that um all you need for evil to be done in the world is for good men to do nothing and that's kind of that's almost a contradiction because if I, I think if you don't act in the face of evil, then you're not good. You might not be evil, but you sure as shit ain't good. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I mean, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I had nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Going back, you know, going back to Man's Search for Meaning one more time, like, I think the line between good and evil cuts through the heart of all of us and um you know i think any of us given the right opportunity or set of um circumstances are capable of performing the worst possible acts um i think that and- it, i was going to mention before i'm sorry but i, I don't want to forget that kind of what you were describing is that it, that it is within all of us could I think easily it's not too much of a reach to say that's of a piece with um what Marcus was saying about urges. Yeah. About mm-hmm. the about the irrational. Right. So I don't know. I don't know if I had any more on that necessarily. But right on. Um the other thing oh yeah, the other thing I did want to comment on was the loving your enemies. <laughs> Hate the sin, love the sinner. <laughs> Gandhi, I guess, would uh, that Gandhi line would probably fall into that same area for you. Um, yeah, it does. I mean, you 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 can. It, I I guess I I don't know what what the word is for it philosophically, but I I'm of the position that people are what they do. Yeah, I I think that's that's just a nonsense piece of casuistry to say hate the sin, love the sinner. Yeah. That's a tough one because I keep thinking of I don't know what might be what I think are counterpoints and but then they don't pass the <laughs> they don't pass scrutiny. Um, I mean, hey, I'm I'm open. Yeah, I, I I'm 
I don't. I'm willing to be argued out of that. Like anything, I would hope I would be. Hmm. Um, I, I, I do think that. It, it, I think it's a mistake. It would be on my part to, or anybody who takes that position, um, to extend it. And I mean, I don't think there's any such thing as redemption, uh, but I do think there's such a thing as as change. Can you okay explain that to me? Well, well, I I, I don't. Uh, I mean, this is going. <laughs> religion uh, yeah i i don't yeah i i really uh, don't yeah. don't want to okay I'll, I'll take it i mean this is <laughs> it's just going to naturally extend to the to the christian ethic but i'll leave that out of it and just talk about forgiveness i think it's it's a useless idea it, it's it's only useful to kind of avoid sort of in a marcus aurelius way you don't want to hold a grudge you don't want to let someone else's transgression against you define you or lead you to revenge or desire for revenge even but i don't think that so so i when people say forgiveness in that way or um you know to to let go of of an anger at somebody or something like that 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 is good that is useful but to wipe clean somebody's transgressions or to um to to say that in a way that they didn't happen that is foolish and even wrong i, I it's it's whatever uh atonement somebody makes they still acted as they did i don't need to you know maybe maybe that their punishment i leave to uh the law apparatus but I don't have to. That, that, that's still a part of who part, part of who that person is. In that sort of that we are what we do. I, I am still going to base my interaction or dealing with that person on what they've done. What somebody does tells you very much about what they're likely to do in the future, and it, it's just it ends up as as a zero burger for me. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know if I if I laid that out properly. But I think that might be enough, and yeah, just I redemption. Extent, I, I guess redemption is is kind of the religious version of that. Yeah, maybe to some extent, I'm having a hard time seeing the distinction practically. So you're saying forgiveness would be if you did the mental aerobics to think of that person as you did before they committed the act, and like more or less forget that it ever happened. Whereas the alternative to what you're speaking of is, I guess, yeah, I guess uh, that's you, what you can decide. You can decide to not hold a grudge. Well, it's it, you don't want to harm yourself, but you still it, you're not going to. I guess nothing should, and maybe you're, you're correct to um to correct me there. I, I'm not, and I'm not trying to correct you. I'm, I'm just trying to say. I, no, maybe, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm misunderstanding you. Um, or I guess I maybe, like, maybe I can't avoid the religious idea of the of the, the slate being wiped clean. Hmm. Maybe that is it needs to be in there. But but I guess it's it just for me it just doesn't. Okay, so when so I, I just think about it interpersonally. Say you um 
I don't know. It's 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 difficult. Maybe I'm talking. Maybe it's different when you're talking about a crime against society versus a, a social crime against a friend. And maybe that's where I'm I'm running afoul of of something. But if you and I are business partners, and we might well be <laughs> soon, um, yeah. <laughs> and I fuck you over, and you know steal from you or you know do do legal jujitsu on you and and uh maybe i did nothing illegal but i certainly did something wrong it would be it would be to your detriment to dwell on that forever and and hold it in your heart so so to to that if that's what people mean by by forgiveness that you don't allow yourself to be negatively affected by someone else's actions any more than you already were then that's fine but do you want to continue to do business with me i don't think you do and that so then so then what do people really mean by forgiveness i mean that that still colors who i am how, how you think of me nothing nothing can wipe it away so if if you say I forgive you as in like it's as if it didn't happen then you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Sorry, I, I this whole thing was just an exercise for me to call you a fucking idiot. That's that's all I wanted. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> all right. No, I definitely don't want to be your business partner. And this has been uh, uh no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I huh when we get to this kind of granular level, I think I'm having a hard time figuring out what I think. You think, think, you think I'm making means. a distinction without a distinction without a difference. Um, but I, I guess, I guess that's why I said maybe like I if, need the repudiation of, of, of the spiritual sort of the, your, your sins are forgiven. It's, a, it's as if, you know, they didn't occur. They're, they're, they're accounted for, they're atoned for. And, and I guess what I'm saying is the atonement has to be, the way your atonement your the accounting is the way in which the people in your life respond to your transgression and it's within oneself as well i mean if we i mean i i definitely wanted to bring up i can't remember what made me think of it but um how i thought that in, in, in the punishment of crime and punishment is in Raskolnikov's own mind, that's that's was part of Dostoevsky's point is that he couldn't outrun his own ethical intuitions, meager as they might have been. So when I, so it's so when people say you got to forgive yourself, what do they mean? I guess maybe this is. Maybe what, this whole thing is Sonia's forgiveness of him. What do you think that, or that or whatever that you is want to call it. okay? Um, that's interesting because he didn't. We didn't harm her, but he killed her friend, somebody she knows. Um. So yeah. So so that's he sinned against her as well as well as against humanity. I I, I suppose. I don't know. I guess. I mean, I, I don't want to get back into crime and punishment, but I think, I think, um, 
I don't know that that that's part of why I I I, I still don't like the epilogue. I still think that was um, a narrative failure. That that he didn't it, it the the repentance um, didn't quite make enough sense. the the reader wasn't quite ready for it. I, I wasn't beautiful as it was, and and the and the great deed. Uh, that would purchase his life. Okay, so was was never was never written. Yes. Okay. Uh, so so maybe yeah. so maybe that's where he hedged it and, and was like, yeah, there, there's still there's still work to be done on him. But but the fact that maybe so so I guess the problem to play devil's advocate against myself. The problem with this is that when I said before that that change is possible. That what I'm saying here seems to be. A pretty bleak view of uh, the criminal or crime, or you know that that this is a person's nature, and you know they 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 aren't that that once I don't know that once you're a criminal you can't come back from it, or I, I could see somebody making that refutation to me there. Maybe in order for that for this person to come back and be reintegrated into society, they need a Sonia to affirm their humanity to assert and reflect to them that they that they they can still do good despite what they've done yeah um so so maybe i i I, I guess maybe yeah i i I don't know I, i it's something i need to think about more i'd be i'd be definitely interested hopefully that this gets out there soon and some some listener can um, help me out. Yeah. And I can't speak for how other people think of it, but to me, the idea of loving your enemies is, isn't necessarily loving what they are and therefore what they've done or what they're currently capable of doing. It's like recognizing, (laughs) recognizing the divine within, right? Recognizing their humanity and, understanding that this person is capable of good and uh, yeah to 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 do that which is good and beautiful uh and it's almost like a there often isn't time for that for i guess the, is how i would respond yeah oh yeah yeah and so and you know again maybe we're but you're right uh, i i i kind of like your but i you're saying that that's kind of the best version of um of love, of love of your enemies, but but I, I guess you know Jesus is present the other cheek. That hmm. that is immoral to me. Hmm. To to not to not resist evil. It it, it might be different than. Uh, I think I think it's different to <laughs> to say love your enemies is different from saying I love this particular enemy. It's nice to have the conception yeah. of it, but I mean, of course, we're all. I mean, even even psychopaths the, theoretically can be brought back from the brink, uh, or not even brought back from the brink, brought out of hell. But it <laughs> it's damn difficult. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, I think I, in some ways, uh, I've I've gotten over 
out over my skis here, but uh, I I do. Yeah, I brought up a uh, t- topic that I figured we cover. I said we should cover. Yeah. Five minutes and it's been, uh, <laughs> 20 at least <laughs> that's not our yeah we're just dude it, it was did i tell you what um my sister uh texted me that was hilarious about our uh i think i might have told you about the the crime and punishment one she said she, she sent to me in a text um you need to cut it down <laughs> dot 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 it's way too long dot 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 too much (laughs) that that passive aggressive i'm like jesus christ Rachel, just just tell me it's too long what are you doing what are you doing to me Uh, this is your way of passive aggressively getting back and asking her asking her to uh critique this one (laughs) yeah uh just keep sending her three-hour recordings (laughs) yeah Um, what do you think we should cut out of this one? <laughs> Tell me. What? No, uh... I wish I had more to... I wish I had something more insightful to say on on uh, that last topic of conversation, though. But I think... I don't know. I, like, what... Yeah, I I think that distinction is a little a little fuzzy for me. Not even the one that you laid out, but just even for myself... Uh, maybe I'm confusing um, what is, or conflating. For- I'm sorry. Uh, maybe I'm confusing or conflating the ethical and the practical, or or maybe the uh, the just with the ethical. I, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know if I can think of any examples of anybody I know displaying the kind of forgiveness that is ignorant to the capabilities of what somebody has done. Not that such, not that such people, not that nobody. Yeah. I, 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 like I say, I I think there's definitely a a counter argument to be made here and I, and I want it. I, I don't, um, I, I just, I just don't have it on me, (laughs) but surely, surely. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm confident somebody's going to, uh, come at me with something, but where does the meat go? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And why do they make them so small? <laughs> why do we need this stuff? <laughs> uh, but I, no, I was thinking about that episode the other day. <laughs> Just where does the meat go? Right there. Well, how do you turn it on? Right there. <laughs> but where does the meat go? <laughs> That's that's I feel like what what our podcast is like. No, the answer is right here. But where does the meat go? <laughs> what is virtue, man? <laughs> uh, well, I think that's a good place to end it. I guess we didn't talk about death, but I don't know ah, if I have shit. it in me. Death stinks. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> No, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't if, know I if I had to talk about death right either. now, I might kill myself. Uh, you, uh, <laughs> I did. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was about to like launch into a thing, but yeah, I can tell that you're, um, and so am I. I'm, I'm pretty burned. I think we. I, I maybe could squeak out some more. It probably wouldn't be my best, and yeah, it would probably take us into neither. the three hours. <laughs> yeah, we, we, mark, you know. Yeah, I think we. Um, yeah, I think we're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
like in my head, I'm justifying it, picturing it. But no, yeah, it, it would take us. What? Well, I think it would be if we started anything, it would be at least another half an hour. Yeah. Um, and we would hate yeah. each other by the end. <laughs> I hope you die. <laughs> I'll never forgive you. Uh, you think we? You think we hit the the important stuff? You think we? Yeah. Well, let me, um, you think we did? Let the, me take. I mean, I, there's definitely. Um, I I I, I kind of wanted to. I mean, but that I think that's a little beyond my ken. Um, to talk about sort of his conception of humanity uh, kind of the the dualism um the, when he talks about the soul versus reason versus um the body that's definitely a lot of plato and but again i, I don't i don't have enough ideas there I, I i don't i don't have it but um and i i think that doesn't that seems to be almost a different question than than sort of um, as we were talking, that I think a lot of what we talked about was the practical manifestations of the Stoic ethic in the in the world yeah. then and now, and and yeah, I think uh, we we mostly hit it. Um, can uh, can you maybe give me in sixty seconds what you think you'll take away from this? Sure, take yeah, good good book. calls. Put a put a bow on it. Um, I don't know that. Ethically, I took a ton that was new, but it certainly reinforced mm. um, a lot of what I what I try to live out. And I, I hope that reading this will only make me more willing to hear any argument and willing to change my mind and, and revise my positions and to even more not concern myself with how others think of me in the right way, not the, you know, not the like, I'll do whatever I want and fuck you way. Um, but the, cause, cause I do care what others think of me, but not only insofar as I can control that. You know, if, if you, if, if I act what I think in the way I think is ethical and you still hate me, then I can't stop you. I, I there's nothing right. I can do. Um, and perhaps like what's useful about care like paying attention to what other people think of you is it might you know illustrate actual problems with your character exactly <laughs> it's it's a version of wanting that to you're he- blind to it's a version of yeah um willing to hear arguments and o- other people's ideas that includes ideas about yourself that can be refuted or that yeah. are, that are up for debate um and uh, I guess that's my, I guess those those are those are my main um, takeaways. It does make me want to, as it relates to mindfulness, mindfulness continue uh, with the meditation. Yeah, that's the same for me. Yeah. Explore the nature of consciousness in that way, and just with the period, um, it 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 piques my interest for a study of roman history yeah same for sure um yeah i think i'm kind of similar for me it's not like any there was anything that was necessarily philosophically groundbreaking for me i think a lot of what i uh, how i approach life has elements of stoicism in it um Mm -hmm. i 
for instance, I don't use social media. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we I think we we will. Uh, I think he mentioned that soon in enough. Part, yeah, <laughs> in book nine. Uh, I think you mentioned that every minute of every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but just as these meditations were for him, I feel like for me they serve as a as good reinforcement, in ter- especially in terms of the of of yeah that that mental resiliency of. Um, even if not totally, largely my my well-being is in my in the choice I make of how to respond to the situation, you know, the circumstances that life life gives gives me. Uh, the the other thing, maybe I'll just end it with uh, one more one more passage. Yeah, it was from part one of book twelve for me that I just I just really liked. Um, He writes, And if, when it's time to depart, you shunt everything aside except your mind and the divinity within, if it isn't ceasing to live that you're afraid of, but never beginning to live properly, then you'll be worthy of the world that uh, that made you. I think that's a good place to end it. All right. Pleasure as always. Until next time. (laughs) 